Blog Talk Radio. Yes, sir. It's that time again. My Take Radio, episode 12 for Thursday, September 24th, 2009. I'm your host, Rich, and we are coming to you live from the Big Apple. Uh, Tonight's music, of course, was Castlemania. It was provided by ocremix.org. The artist was Am I Evil? If you want to download the track, go to ocremix.org. Tonight's show, I'd like to dedicate tonight's show to my friend Jeff Wallace, who passed away on Tuesday. Uh, he had the old uh, big casino cancer, and he kind of lost his fight Tuesday night. Um, I went to his wake today. So, you know, if I sound a little somber, don't mind me. It'll get out of my system as the show goes on. But I want to dedicate the show to him. He was a good friend of mine, and, you know, that's it. I don't really do the sappy shit well, so I think just dedicating the show to him will be enough. With that said, I uh, just want to cover a few things from the next few shows. Uh, first off, I'm going to start every show going forward at the suggestion of my friend Josh, uh, one of the regular callers, with a rundown of the topics of what will be discussed just in case people tune in late, they don't feel like they've lost their place in the show. Um, so that's definitely going to be implemented. Also, we're going to have uh, a roundtable discussion. I'm going to try and do that at the end, towards the end of the show, uh, just picking a topic, uh, get a couple of callers in, we discuss it, and I'm also going to introduce the My Take segment where I'm just going to conveniently rant and rage over whatever's on my mind at that particular time. So those are going to be some of the changes going forward. Once again, i got to give props to Josh for uh, sharing that nugget of information to help make the show better. Also, uh, next week, it's uh, show 13. You know, think of it what you will. Good luck, bad luck, whatever. But the host from The Deadliest Warrior, Max Geiger, and Jeff DeMoline will be calling in. So it's going to be a pretty big deal, that show. Definitely want to talk about The Deadliest Warrior Season 2, which will be probably coming on in the springtime, as well as trying to pick their brain on certain little things that, uh, you know, I cover on my show. So... I'm hoping they will be able to call in and just uh, enlighten it. Of course, I will be taking your calls and your questions for them. Uh, If you want to email questions in that you'd like me to ask, uh, that would be great. If not, as always, you can call in, and that number is 347-324-3541. 
Once again, if you want to call to discuss any of tonight's topics, uh, 347-324-3541 is the number. You can also punch into the chat that goes on in progress during the show, and I will try and get to it and take your calls. Uh, tonight's topics, we're going to discuss some MMA news. There's a couple of things going on, a couple of people retiring, uh, some upcoming fights. We're going to also talk a little bit about wrestling. It's not going to be too crazy. Just uh, my usual shitting on the uh, Raw guest host, a uh, couple of new signees, things of that nature. Uh, game news, of course, Tokyo Game Show is in progress right now as we speak. Um, I'm going to try and share with you what information I got as well as, you know, some of the new things that kind of came across my desk at the last minute. Um, movie news, we're going to close it out with that. Um, in terms of show topics, just usual rants about sequels, a uh, couple of Marvel movies in the bag, uh, props to Variety for this week for providing a lot of wonderful material. Um, I'm, I may test out the roundtable discussion, uh, the letter bag also this week, and that should be it. So with that said, let's get right into the MMA news. Uh, one of the things that's been making the rounds this week, um, I had this whole big thing set up, but I want to get into this in particular, uh, is the retirement of two of uh, two uh, that I feel are MMA legends, uh, Mirko Krokop. He uh, fought recently at the last UFC event uh, this past weekend. He lost in devastating fashion. And you can just tell that when he was in there, you know, he kind of didn't seem he didn't he hasn't adjusted to the cage. And he said that in interviews. It's uh, very unfortunate. But, you know, I think that he doesn't have that same passion for the sport anymore. So he announced his retirement earlier this week. It was rumored and he confirmed it today. Um, the one that's kind of affected me somewhat is uh, Quentin Rampage Jackson. I'm a huge Rampage fan going back to his days in Pride. It seems that um, the the big thing with him picking the A-team was a problem. The A-team thing it just snowballed into, into a huge issue between him and Dana White. Um, initially, when Rampage was rumored to have taken the role, of course, I reported that it was false. Uh, of course, a few days later, I was fucking made to feel stupid because it turned out to be true, and he did take the role. Uh, Dana White's commentary on it was pretty much, you know, fighters are here to fight, not to fucking go and make movies. If you want to go make movies, do the shit when you're retired. I love Dana White to death, and I can definitely understand his gripe about that because, you know, you're in a profession, that's the profession that pays your check, and that's what you're here to do. If you want to do side projects, it's like when you work at a job and then get a second job. That first job has to always have precedence over the fucking secondary job. When the secondary job starts bubbling over, guess what your ass has to do? You better fucking quit. So, of course, you know, Dana White in typical Dana White fashion said that Rampage was a dummy for taking the role and yada, yada, yada. As such, Rampage put out a blog post feeling, you know, stating that he was offended. And, uh, you know, he felt that Dana White disrespected him, you know, the, the A-Team movie has, you know, significance to him because, you know, he had a rough childhood with his dad, and, you know, his dad got into drinking and drugs, and the A-Team kind of brought them back together. I don't know how legitimate of an excuse that is. I'm not shitting on his excuse, but, you know, if it's that type of sentimental value, it's cool that you're doing it. You know, I understand that. But then, of course, you know, Dana continued to shit on him. Supposedly they had ironed it out. 
And then a few days later, boom, Dana goes out. Dana goes back on the web, and he's like, you know, this fucking movie, stupid, blah, blah, blah. He's not going to be able to fight Rashad. Then, of course, Rashad gets involved. Rashad Evans, who's the coach on this season's Ultimate Fighter with Rampage, he's like, you know, Rampage is taking the easy way out. I'll fucking fight that nigga for free. You know, shit like that. A lot of a lot of uh, wagging, a lot of improper lip movement amongst all parties. Of course, Rampage put up a blog post, I believe it was earlier today or yesterday, you know, once again stating his case, and he feels that, you know, his family comes first, and, you know, he wants to do the movie thing, and he feels that they could have rearranged the event, you know, his fight with Rashad for him to, you know, to be able to do the movie and get back in the mix. It's, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, while unfortunate, I understand my whole, my, my take, of course, yuck, 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 on the whole situation is Dana White should have let Rampage do the role. Fuck it, do the role. You got a multitude, a multitude of fighters that can do it. And if, you're not, if you don't approve it, you know what? Tell the guy behind closed doors. Tell him face-to-face. But, you know, don't go on the Internet and just shit on the guy because, you know, there's a time and a place for everything. And as, as, you know, as a man, I definitely, if you're going to shit on me, at least do it to my face. Don't hide behind a computer or whatever because it just makes you look real petty. Um, for Rampage also, I don't think he really should have just put his personal shit out there. He should have just fucking called him again and been like, look, man, you know, I'm not feeling you talking all this shit about me and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I want to do the movie, but I want to do right by you, and that's it. You know, two wrongs don't make a right, and a lot of people, you know, a lot of people are getting burned in the process. So it's very unfortunate that Rampage, as of right now, is retired, as is Crow Cop. So that's going to wrap that up. Moving down the rest of the uh, news wrap-up, it seems that Fedor and Brett Rogers is going to be live on free TV November 7th. Uh, Strike Force, of course, definitely... uh, were wagging their dicks around saying that, oh, yeah, we signed Fedor, blah, 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 blowing a whole bunch of smoke up Fedor's ass. And before you knew it, you know, Fedor's going to be on free TV, which is a great uh, bit of counter-programming to the UFC because free TV, of course, you know, everybody will be able to continue to be exposed to the sport, and you'll get to see the guy who's considered, you know, the best pound-for-pound heavyweight in the world on free TV. Fact of the matter is that, you know, the plan was for the UFC to counter that programming with probably Rashad versus Rampage. Unfortunately, with Rampage retiring, quote-unquote, that fight won't happen. So if you want to see Fedor fight, I definitely recommend you checking out Strikeforce on the 7th, just because Fedor is, you know, Fedor is the best pound-for-pound heavyweight in the world. He has one uh, loss, which wasn't even a loss. It was a uh, stoppage uh, because of a cut. At the end of the day, though, Fedor is undefeated, at least in my eyes. So I definitely advise you guys to check that out. Uh, Post-UFC 103, which was this weekend, Dana White took the opportunity to address a few rumors at the press conference. He said that Anderson Silva is going to have elbow surgery and that it should be, uh, you know, it's something that needs to be done so that he can continue to fight. He also addressed the fact that Silva was, considering vacating the middleweight title and fighting at light heavyweight or at heavyweight. In terms of him vacating the middleweight title, Dana White said that the only way he can see him doing that is if he cleans out the division and beats everybody. Right now, there's four guys, three guys, actually, that he'd need to beat in order to do that. Dan Henderson, again, uh, Nate Marquardt, again, and Vitor Belfort. These are all guys that have fought recently in the middleweight division and They've definitely made a statement in terms of their performances with, you know, devastating knockouts and early stoppages. 
he feels that Anderson Silva should beat these three guys, and if he's undefeated, you know, that'll be pretty historic, and he can just leave the middleweight title and move up to light heavyweight. Of course, they did conveniently ask him about addressing the rumors of him considering going up to heavyweight, and he feels that that's crazy. But, you know, if he can clean out the light heavyweight division also, then he's more than welcome to fight at heavyweight, which I think is definitely interesting. I'm not a fan of him going up to weight classes. I would definitely agree with him fighting at middleweight, going to light heavy, and just moving it up from there. That's my opinion. I want to definitely give props to MMAJunkie.com for delivering those news because it's always hard to get post-fight press conference information uh, that's reputable. In a big what-the-fuck moment with Strikeforce, those guys took it upon themselves to sign, get this, 47-year-old former Heisman winner, two-time Pro Bowl running back Herschel Walker to a fight contract. Herschel Walker is a uh, longtime martial artist. Uh, you know, he's no slouch. He's got a fifth-degree black belt in Taekwondo. Uh, he's also fought in – he's also studied Muay Thai. Fucking 47 years old. It's like it, there's plenty of unsigned talent out there, and you want to fucking turn it into a freak show by signing 47-year-old Herschel Walker. What the fuck is he going to do, fight a cripple? You know, the guy's 47 years old. I'm not shitting on him, but he's no Randy Couture. He's, Randy Couture's the only guy that can get away with, you know, fighting at his age because the guy's as good as he says he is. Herschel Walker's never fought an MMA a day in his life. He's supposedly going to go and train with the American Kickboxing Academy, and, you know, he's going to definitely, you know, tune up his game and then fight sometime in 2010. Again, Herschel Walker, fifth-degree black belt in Taekwondo, He's got Muay Thai discipline, Kempo, but you can know all that shit, and it's totally different when that cage door closes. It's like you can go and say that you've won 100 street fights like Kimbo Slice, and then you get put into a situation where you're not in the street anymore and it's a discipline. You might get your ass beat, and that's one of the things that upsets me with Strike Force right now. It's like, you know, they're – Moving from a good promotion with great upcoming talent to the sideshows. You know, let's, let's promote the sideshows. I mean, they kind of did that, not Strikeforce, but Elite XT did that promoting Kimbo Slice over their stable of fighters, and I definitely think that that was a poor move. But, you know, uh, Strikeforce is also leaning towards that direction by bringing in a guy who's 47, year old, 47 years old. That motherfucker's going to get killed out there. It's ridiculous. I mean, once again, I really hope that you know, he gets in there and he does well and he proves that 47 is just a number. But at the end of the day, I think that he's just going to fucking get massacred. It's going to be like some guy's going to be the first guy to put Herschel Walker to sleep. It's like, you know how fucked up that is? Imagine if you're the guy. It's like you're fighting Herschel Walker. Holy shit, I'm knocking out a Hall of Famer? Wow. You know, it's like it's cool and it's not cool at the same time. It's, it's weird. I don't want to – I don't want to – shit on him too early, but I think it's just way too soon. Anyway, in sticking with the Strike Force news, their middleweight champion, Kung Lei, who is going to be in the Tekken movie, is going to be vacating his middleweight title because it seems that him, much like Rampage, wants to do movies. As such, he had a title belt, and I think he did the honorable thing by vacating it. He said in an interview that he feels that, you know, it's a very, it's an injustice for him to hold on to the belt when you got guys that are more than willing to fight for it. So, you know, it's one of those things. It's really interesting 
to see all these guys retiring. I think Kung Lei being in the Tekken movie, you know, we're going to find out if he's even good as an actor. Because it's like a lot of these guys, oh, we're going to get into movies, we're going to get into movies, and then they fucking suck. You know, a good example of that, and I'm dating myself, is the perfect weapon with Jeff Speakman. Jeff Speakman, you know, Kempo martial artist, did the fucking, let me tell you, that movie is shit. It is much, 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 much shit. It is. It's just a load of shit just because, you know, it's fucking, I can't even get into it because then it'll, I'll veer off topic and then I got to jump back into it. But, um, you know, it seems that at the end of the day, all these guys want to do movies. You know, Roger Huerta, who fought recently at Ultimate Fight Night, he was going to get into movies. But the opposite happened. The fight that he had with Gray Maynard motivated him to stay in the UFC, and he told them that if they need him to fight, he'll fight again. You know, it, it's just a weird climate right now in MMA. You got so many great guys that, you know, bring so much to the sport, and they're just, you know, they've grown the sport so much that now they're just trying to move into the mainstream. You know, it's easier for them not to, to make money not being punched in the face. You know, I, I'm kind of torn in how I want to look at it because in one sense as a fan, you know, it annoys me that these fucking guys are leaving just because I'm a fan of the sport and I'm a fan of certain fighters. But as a human being, it's like, look, man, you know, you work in a place for so long after a while, you got to go and look for new opportunities. So with that, you know, I wish them all the best of luck. Rampage, Crow Cop, Kung Lei, all those guys. Let's see what they do. And that, my friends, is going to close out the MMA news for this week. Uh, wrestling news, let me first start off by saying that Raw's guest host this week was Cedric the Entertainer. It was as awful as you can visualize it to be because Raw opened up with him getting out of a stretch limo uh, escorted by the Bella Twins, out of which once he got out of the limo, a rabbi got out of the limo, a farmer got out of the limo, a goat got out of the limo, a fat guy. It was just a fucking disaster. To the point where I actually, which I rarely do, just turned it the fuck off. I'm like, what, what is this shit? But it gets better. Allegedly, next week's host for Raw is going to be Al Sharpton. What the fuck can Al Sharpton bring to wrestling other than his really bad fucking wig? Really? It's like, you're going you're gonna to turn on Monday Night Raw and see Al Sharpton. Is he going to fucking have his mumble mouth ass talking about you know, the National Action Network or whatever fucking organization he fucking whores himself out to. It's absurd. Once again, the guest hosting, I, I shit on it one week. I love it the next week. But it's just dependent on who's hosting and fucking Al Sharpton. What the fuck is Al Sharpton going to bring to wrestling? Unless that motherfucker's getting into the ring. Al Sharpton. Really, WWE? What the fuck are you guys doing? Who knows? We'll see what happens. At the end of the day... You know, I think that, you know, we got a, it's just a sideshow. WWE is becoming a sideshow. It looks like we're starting to get some calls, and let's see what we got on the air first. Yo, you're on the air. Who's this? It's me. Of course it's, it's you. What's yeah. up, man? Once again, the thing where I, I didn't even press anything and forced me to be on the air, so, yeah, just let me sit here. You go ahead with your wrestling stuff. All right, I'm going to move through it. I'll, pro I'll probably disconnect wait, wait, you just to move the calls up the queue. Sharp should not be on any kind of wrestling ever, so I totally agree. Unless he's going to fight with his wig in the ring, like he's going to beat the crap out of his wig, I don't, that's all I want to see. I don't care about him yeah. announcing shit or anything like that. It's a fucking train wreck. 
But um, I'm going to just uh, probably mute you. If you get cut off, just call back when I get into the other stuff, all right? Good, good. All right, brother. Later. You're on the air. Who's this? Hello? Yeah, who's this? Hey, it's Jedi. Hey, Jedi, what's going on? Hey, I finally called in, like I said I was going to do a month ago. <laughs> I hear you, I hear you, sir. I'm going to hey. the train wreck that is wrestling. What do you got? Oh, well, I wanted to call in about UFC. I, I was, you were going off about it, but I was sitting here on the line, so is it all oh, right? Oh, I, I apologize. No, go ahead, no, man. No. What, do, what do you got? What do you got? Yeah, well, I just wanted to, I, I heard you talking about Rampage and everything, um, you know, retiring and whatnot, and and like I heard you say when you um, when you you twittered it, you you're talking about how you wish and luck and everything, and that seems to be what your what your thought is. But but what do you think about it being like, you know, like I, I look at it like this: like the fighter, you, you know, if, if you're a fighter, that's that's your job. And Ran, and Rampage was talk, talking about like, well, why couldn't they just move the fight a month in advance? You know, just move it another date and keep it in Memphis and such and such like that. And that's like. You know, with with the UFC and everything, their schedule is, is crazy. So I think that's kind of ridiculous for Rampage to expect that the whole the UFC would move the whole event back a month when I'm sure they've already got other things scheduled around that time. And also, you know, that's your job. Like, that's what you do for a living. Like, you listen to what the boss says, you know. It's like, I don't care who you are. You know, even somebody like Rampage, who I like, you know, you can't just go in there and start making demands for whatever, you know, and then expect the UFC to just, you know, obliged by that and not, you know, not be upset about it. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think that he's still okay in being like, you think they should have moved it back for him? No, I, here, here's what, here's how I see it. First off, you know, I definitely think that there's the internet, while it's a wonderful tool, it fucking hinders a lot of shit. Right. And the fact that, you know, when it leaked out that he was doing the movie, you know, I kind of shit on it, too, because it's like you got, you know, fighting is your profession. That's what you do, you know. Right. But on the same instance, you get a lot of guys that do their side projects, you know, and nobody really says anything. You know, it's not – it wouldn't be fair to shit on him when, you know, other guys got side projects. You know, Randy Couture did a couple of movies. You know, he did The Scorpion King 2, which was a fucking disaster. You know, he's in the, he's the, he's in the, in the Expendables. And, yeah, he's not fighting – but what separates him from Rampage if he's doing the Expendables? Well, and the he's thing in is, the like, UFC actively. You know, I mean, it, 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 it's it's a fucking slippery slope just because, you know, like you said, you know, fighting is your profession. But on the same token, the UFC has such a great group of fighters that they can always just be like, all right, fuck it, we'll move it a month. Who do we got that can fight? You know, hey, you ready to fight this month? All right, let's put you on. You know, I, I, it's good and bad. Like I said, I look at it from both standpoints because if I were Dana White, I'd be pissed because, you know, as a boss, you know, your employees got to fucking devote themselves to your organization. But as just a human being, it's like, you know, these guys, you can't get punched in the face forever, man. You're going to get fucking brain damage. You're going to get fucked up. And he said it himself. He's like, look, I'm not going to fucking fight forever. At the end of the day, you know, I got a responsibility to my family and to my kids. And, you know, I respect that because it's like you don't want to be the guy who gets the shit kicked out of them. And when you want to play with your kids, you fucking get out of bed. Your leg hurts. Your knee hurts. Your back hurts. You don't fucking remember what you did yesterday. You know, it, right. it's crazy. But you, it, it, like I said, they should have just done it man to man. Be like, look, man, I don't want you to do this movie. Rampage could have been like, look, dude, you know, I want to do it. 
you know, I love the organization, you know, let's, let's work it out. And just work it out face-to-face. That's the shit with the Internet, you know. You can volley, you can throw volleys at each other and just be like, yeah, well, you know, you're a motherfucker. And he could be like, well, you know what, fuck you, man. And it can just be on the Internet. But at yeah. the end of the day, the emotion isn't being conveyed the same, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that all makes sense. It's just that the timing is, you know, you're right about the Internet thing. Is that It probably should have never gotten out. But then also, it just seems like, look, the ulti- it's, it's bad timing because the Ultimate Fighter is just starting. Everything's being predicated on this whole Rampage versus Rashad. They're both talking all this trash. This is going to be, you know, the big fight, you know. And then he, go- and then yeah, he goes and quits before it happens. That's not just a disservice to the UFC. That's, dis- that's a disservice to the, you know, to the show, to the fans that want to see it. You know, I understand if he doesn't want to get hurt, but why don't he just make this his last fight and then quit after that and just be like, you know, this is going to be it. Well, it doesn't sound like he's worried about his health right now. It just sounds oh, like no, he's, he, he's just doing it as an FU to the UFC. You know? Oh, yeah, he was doing it as an FU to the UFC. Here's how I think it is. And, you know, it's one of those things, you know, one of the guys in the chat said that, you know, Rampage, isn't, his heart isn't in MMA anymore. And you know what? That may be the case because as you get older, you know, you, your priorities change. But here's right. how I would have, you know, if I were in Dana White's shoes, which I'm not, I would have said, look, man, you want to do the movie. It's got emotional significance. All right, dude, you know what? Fuck it. Do the movie. Because you know what? At the end of the day, you're still getting a fight out of him. It's just right. a month later. You know, it's like the Ultimate Fighter got taped. There's a million other shits you can put out there. You know, you, you got Lesnar and Carwin. You got Shogun and fucking Machida, you got Couture and whoever, you know, there's plenty of dudes, you got a great stable of dudes that you can build cards around, and it's only one month, you know, what's one month going to kill anything, I mean, you know, when, when Sarah and Hughes both got hurt, they were like, all right, fuck it, we'll do this card when they get better, and then Matt Sarah had a kid, and I remember this, Matt Sarah had a kid, and he was like, look, man, I'm having my kid, can we move it one month, you know, my wife is due any, any day now. And they, yeah. Alec, you know, they, they did the solid for him. It's only a fucking month. I mean, at the end of the day, it is kind of petty that they're fighting over four weeks. It's not like they're not going to fight, you know what I mean? It's like, yo, four weeks, fuck it. You know, you do the movie, you get a longer training camp, boom, we have this fight. And guess what? If you want to fucking retire, I got what I needed. You know, it, 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 sometimes, and I, like I said, I love Dana White, there's way too much grandstanding. There's a lot of wagging, you know, waving your dick around trying to show that you're the man. It's like, dude, you're the boss. We get that. But you know what? Let the guy fucking do the movie, and then in a month, he belongs to you. You tell Rashad, hey, man, go out there and fucking knock him out. You know, if you're so angry about it, yo, Rashad, go put him to sleep, and I'll give you fucking fight of the night bonus. But, you know, it's like everybody's fucking talking a lot of shit, and nobody's doing nothing. Like, Rashad is, you know, he said he'll fight Rampage for free. It's like, that's cool, because, of course, in, in his blog, Rampage is like, yo, he could come down to the gym, and we handle that. Because now it's personal. Rampage wants to fight him. It's just he wanted to fight him a month later. Fuck it. It's no big deal. You know, it's just way too much fucking trying to see who's the man. And it's, it's, it's yeah. going to hurt everybody. And at the end of the day, the fans are the ones that lose out. And do you think he's, you know, I don't think he's going to stay retired, though. Like, I was watching MMA Live on Hell ESPN. no. And he's, he's not. I think in two weeks, <laughs> probably like a month or whatever, he'll, he'll come back and say he wants to fight just because... I don't nah, see I don't not, see the fire out of him yet. Well, he's not retired, and he said it. The shit with Rashad was personal, and he said it. I like fighting when the fights are personal because he's like, there's a, a different side comes out, and that's when you get the best performances out of me, and that's fine. And you know what? As a fan, I want to see that. 
you know, I want him to get mad so he can go in there and just serve Rashad the disrespect. Because you know what it is? I like Rashad to an extent, but his little nipple-tweaking shit, you know, jive yeah, talking, yeah. you know, I'm the fucking man. It's like, dude, you beat one or two guys, you know, and that's fine, and you're, you were undefeated. But Machida, who was more disciplined, put you to fucking sleep. Right. Yo, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I got kind of a love-hate relationship with Rashad, too, because he seems like a smart guy. He seems like he, yep. you know, like a, like a nice guy, you know. On, uh, he, he doesn't seem like like a dick outside of the ring, but inside the ring, you know, he disrespected Forrest Griffin. I didn't like that. Um, you know, I, I don't know. But and, 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 I think, so, while on the topic, I don't mean to to, uh, to interrupt you there, but I was – I was listening. Who, who's going to who's Rashad going to fight instead? Because apparently Rashad turned down an offer to fight Randy Couture because he's coming down to two hundred five. But who should fight Rashad then if um, if Rampage is not going? Let's just say, you know. In case well, of- if if Rampage isn't fighting, the way I see it is he lost to the champion. So why not just fucking get your rematch clause and handle your business? Because I mean, light heavy light heavyweight is a good division. It's like you, there's two ways he can do it. The shit with him and Tito didn't end well. Why don't you take care of that? Why don't you take care of the Tito issue? That's a fight right there. Boom. Then you can go, if you want, and challenge for the title again. It's like, right. you know, there, there's not, there's not an, an underabundance of fighters. There's an overabundance, especially in light heavy. You got plenty of dudes that are willing to fucking go in there and beat your face in. You know, and then he's like, oh, I don't want to fight Randy Couture. Why not? Why not? You both do wrestling. You both got good stand-up. What, you're afraid of losing to a 47-year-old man? You know, if well, you're, let me tell you something. There's enough in, into it for him. He thought that, you know, because Couture lost the last two fights that, you know, there wasn't enough for him. And, yeah, you know, but you know, him and it's nothing, but, you know. Yeah, but who, who the fuck is he to make that decision? It's like you're fighting a fucking legend. You're fighting right. a guy who beat Tim Sylvia's ass. Big, gangly-ass Tim Sylvia got his ass beat by an old man, and you're saying, oh, that, not, that fight's not going to do nothing for me. Let me tell you something. That fight can be definitely fight of the year or fight of the night. Both guys got great stand-up, good wrestling. You know, yeah, there's not going to be a lot of shit talking because Randy Couture is not that type of guy. But just the possibility of that fight would be the shit, you know? Just, you know, where do you get off saying that you're not going to gain anything? Last time I checked, you weren't the matchmaker. It's like, yo, the UFC makes the fights, and it's your job to either take them or be like, yo, I'm hurt and I can't. You know, where do you get off with that shit? I don't like that either. You can't pick and choose your fights. You fight right. who they put in front of you, you steamroll through them, and you go to the next guy and the next guy. And then they go, hey, guess what? We like you. You're going to fight for the title. That's all it is. Yeah, that's why I think, you know, maybe he thinks that, you know, he, he was the champion and everything, but, you know, he never he didn't defend the title. Maybe, he did, I don't know, man, maybe he thinks – he just, you know, um, is more than what he really is. Because I, I feel the same way about you. You know, he, he, beat, he knocked out Chuck Liddell. Okay, that was a big knockout. He beat Forrest Griffin, which I thought was a very winnable fight for Forrest Griffin. It just looked like he kind of, you know, got into his little Forrest Griffin, like, you know, whatever mode. Yeah, his self-hatred. Right, yeah, yeah. He just got into that whole thing. But um, well, what about this? Oh, no, he can't fight. I was going to say he could fight Anderson Silva because Rashad Evans has been talking about wanting to fight Anderson Silva. Why not? Those, there you go. Five. There's another one. Why not? Well, Silva got an elbow surgery. That's the only reason I was thinking about that. But um. Yeah, but you know what? He, he's getting elbow chips removed. It's the same thing. You've got plenty of cards to throw in here and there. You know? Hey, Rampage, go do the flick. Hey, Rashad, here are your options. Tito, Randy, Machida, or Shogun, whoever wins, or Anderson. Mark Coleman. <laughs> oh, 
yeah, he's gonna. But you know what? That fight is actually. Let me tell you, I I would have shit on Mark Coleman a couple of months ago, but dude, when he got in there with Stephen Bonner, the Amer- and and they just got it in there. I was like, oh shit, Mark Coleman could still fucking get it in. You know, I, I definitely think that Tito can't fucking sleep on it because he may fucking go in there and get knocked the fuck out too. So you know, it's one of those things where these guys. Uh, on paper, the fights always look like, yeah, yeah, they look kind of shitty. But you know what? Look at um, fucking Vitor Belfort. You know, he comes back, you know, after the crazy shit that happened that in his personal life. He came right. in there and he, you know, he put Franklin to bed. He's like, yo, take this nap real quick. You know, it, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy awesome. the way it goes. Okay. Well, I was just kind of curious on your thoughts on those. And since uh, you probably already talked about the, the, the Belfer fight, but um, people are calling, you know, saying that he, he should get a shot at Anderson Silva above, you know, Mark Corden and Henderson because those two already had a chance to fight him. What, what are your opinions on that? Do you think he should be next in line? No. The way I see it is like this. Henderson has a score to settle. Mark Corden has a score to settle. Both of those guys pretty much with an exclamation point sealed the fact that they want to fight him. Because, you know, Bisping, let me put it to you like this. Bisping got knocked into another level of consciousness. <laughs> you know? That was the greatest yeah, thing. <laughs> he, he got, he, yeah, he got put to sleep. It's like, yo, when you knock somebody out like that, you knocking them out, A, because you sure as fuck don't like them, and right. B, you want, you're telling people, look at me now. I can go in there and make this happen. And you know what? Anderson Silva, you know, I kind of didn't like his management saying, oh, well, you know, these two guys should fight and the winner should fight Anderson Silva. No, 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 no. Either one of those guys could go in there and put Anderson Silva to sleep. I would love to see Henderson do it because I, I don't think Henderson could get knocked out by Silva because that dude has an, a, an iron chin, you know. But like, and, and, of course, you know, Henderson's a freaking phenomenal wrestler. So, I don't know. I, w- I would like – I mean – I'd like to see another fight between those two personally. Plus, Henderson's an Arizona boy, so I gotta, you know, <laughs> gotta. Oh yeah, fight. you gotta root. You gotta root for your man. But you yeah, know what? I definitely, I gotta. I definitely would like to see him and Henderson get it in. But you know what? Marquardt is just like the dark horse man, and he hasn't gotten any love. So I'd like to see the young dude get in there. You know what? Even if he gets in there and gets put to sleep again, you know what? I'd like to see him do it because the guy, the guy's trying to prove himself. And you know what? What what's the what's the harm in, in giving him a little shot? He might go in there and surprise you and pull a fucking, you know, he might pull a Sarah on GSP and just put right. Anderson Silva to sleep, and then the world will end. They'll be like, oh, my God, Anderson Silva's dead, you know? Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah I, I, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, well, the talk seems to be like Dick Dana White wants to put Mark Horton and Henderson together, and, he, and he's talking about having Belfort fight Silva. That just seems to be the talk right now. I'm not saying I, I think that's the best way to do it. Because Belfort, I mean, I guess, you know, I'm not – I was impressed with his victory, definitely. And he won, like, four fights in whatever other organization he was fighting for. So it's not like he, he just came back after, like, a three-year layoff, you know. They're not doing some kind of crazy Randy Couture thing with him. But I don't know. I, I would like to see one more fight at um, – it would almost be cool to see, like, a rematch between uh, Belfort and um, uh, Vanderlei Silva. Because you remember, like, he knocked out Vanderlei Silva in, like, 36 seconds, you know, back in the day. And I don't Dude, know, let me tell you, not doing anything. That would be a great fight, but I really would like to see Anderson Silva fight Vanderlei. Well, that would be that's yeah, it. That would be awesome. Dude, that'd be a bloodbath. I want. I definitely want to see that shit. I think Vanderlei's been calling him out. He's been saying that Silva doesn't want to fight him though. So who knows? Yeah, of course. So that's the only way you get a guy's attention. Sometimes it's like the old the old gag. You go into the schoolyard, find the biggest guy, and punch him right in the face. <laughs> you know, that's what that's what Vanderlei Silva's doing. It's like, yo, you the man. 
come on to my weight division. You're beating guys up in my division. You know what? Come beat me up, and then we'll see who's the man. Nothing wrong with that. I'd do the same thing. I'd be like, look, man, you fucking suck. What are you going to do about it? (laughs) Just to see. (laughs) Right on, right on. Uh, Well, I know you've got to move on to wrestling. Thanks for letting me pick your brain about the UFC. You got it, brother. Thanks a lot, man. Uh, Yeah, man. Take care. All right. Later. I could always count on good old Jedi calling in to uh, make me think a little bit. Uh, Now, of course, uh, one of the guys in the chat, Mortis, is saying Vandalay can't fight his way out of a paper bag these days. Jesus Christ, Mortis. You know, give, give... Give old caveman face a little bit of love, man. I'd fight that guy just because I'd know he'd smash my face in. Like, look, man, you know, can you just elbow me in the face? Because I know you're going to beat my ass anyway, but just, just so I can say it happened. But um, let me uh, close out the wrestling news. Uh, Rey Mysterio, of course, was suspended for a uh, positive drug test. He will be back from suspension October 6th. And uh, The Rock, who I've been shitting on greatly for his uh, portrayal of the Tooth Fairy in the Tooth Fairy movie is uh, you can go and check that out on the website um, mytakeradio.wordpress.com so you can see the wonderful bag of shit that is the Tooth Lady po- po- uh, tooth, la- tooth Fairy poster. Fuck, I'm just chewing up my sentences like Madden. Anyway, uh, Dwayne Johnson is actually, a.k.a. The Rock, is going to be doing a movie with Sam Jackson and uh, Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg. It's going to be a cop buddy comedy should be interesting. I haven't seen any uh, further details on it, but I figured I'd throw that into the wrestling news just because it involved The Rock. And the uh, last bit of information is uh, Dennis Miller will be guest hosting Raw in December. That's it. That's going to close out the train wreck known as wrestling, wrestling news. Let's get into uh, the gaming news. Uh, it seems that the guys in the chat room are... What are taking odds on me versus Mortis? Uh, first off, Mortis is a uh, has definitely more fights under his belt than I do. I have more weight plates under my belt than he does. That's about it. So please don't don't be armchair quarterback. <laughs> anyway, let's get into the games new the game news this week. Uh, EA Sports decided to let everybody know, you know, because EA Sports loves us gamers, that you can, uh, anybody who pre-orders Brutal Legend from GameStop can download the demo for the game on Xbox Live and the PlayStation Store starting today. Now, the thing with Brutal Legend, um, I'm always, I don't know, I think people go and, you know, they see a game and they're like, this game's going to be the fucking shit and blah, 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 and Right, right, right. You know, look, it looks cool. It's an interesting concept. But look, it's a fucking guy with a guitar. It's like Golden Axe with a, with a guitar dude. You know, it, it's, it's, it is. It's like one part Golden Axe, one part Guitar Hero, and Jack Black. I, I, I'm really not sold on the game. I would like to play the, uh, the demo, but, you know, if it's fucking, if the game is setting the world on fire... Maybe, but I'm 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 not sold on it, man. This brutal legend shit. Everybody's like, oh my god, it's so great. Every time I read an article about brutal legend, it's like people are jerking off Jack Black or something because they're like this game's gonna be fucking awesome, man. It's gonna be fucking fantastic. You know what happens with games like that? They're a huge letdown. So 
we'll see what happens. Uh, right now, eh, eh, I'll wait. Um, Bioshock 2, which a lot of people definitely are looking forward to, will be hitting the streets February 9th, 2010 on the 360 PS3 and the PC. Of course, the next bit of news definitely makes me happy. Uh, it seems that the Street Fighter 4, the Japanese Street Fighter 4 blog uh, has leaked out that they're going to be making a solid announcement on a Street Fighter 4 sequel pretty soon. Um, odds are it's not going to be fucking Street Fighter 5, so please don't fucking cream in your shorts about it. Odds are it's going to be probably, you know, Super Street Fighter 4 or Street Fighter 4 Turbo or Street Fighter 4 Dash, but it's definitely not going to be Street Fighter 5. The fact is, they're probably going to do it and throw... I'm hearing rumors that they're going to throw a couple... Since it takes place before Street Fighter 3, which, you know, their numbering system sucks, but it's supposed to take place before Street Fighter 3. They're going to put in a couple of the Street Fighter 3 guys, probably Alex, maybe Urian, and uh, they're also going to include a couple of Final Fight guys. All This is all allegedly. I don't know how legitimate it is. I think... Um, the Final Fight guys, I really don't care about too much, but I would definitely throw some Street Fighter 3 guys in there because, hello, it takes place before 3, so what the fuck were these guys doing before Street Fighter 3 happened? They were fucking in the gym or playing checkers somewhere? You know, you gotta, you definitely gotta throw some of the Street Fighter 3 guys in there. Um, Alex, definitely, I can say. Uh, maybe Yoon and Yang, definitely. Uh, 12, if you want to get a little weird, or Q. Um, you know, Chun Li's already in the game. Uh, Makoto definitely. You know, I can I can go down the whole list of people that should be in it. You know, T Hawk. You know, I mean, you got most of the Street Fighter, Super Street Fighter guys in there. Definitely T Hawk and DJ would be good additions. But who knows? They might just go in a completely different direction and put in, uh, you know, guys we haven't seen. Oh, how can I forget fucking Dudley? I'd definitely like to see Dudley in the freaking uh, Street Fighter, in Super Street, well, in Street Fighter 4. Dudley would definitely be awesome. Just a little uh, Dudley and Balrog fight action would be badass. Would be interesting to see. Um, but odds are, I'm more than sure TGS, something may get leaked out. So you never know. Something may happen within the next week or two. We'll see. Um... The guys at Rare recently were asked about the possibility of GoldenEye being released on a virtual console or Xbox Live, and needless to say, those guys said that the possibility of that is fucking slim. And basically, it just stems from the fact that they have to break up, you know, they got to break, break down who's getting what money. Since Microsoft owns Rare and GoldenEye is a Nintendo title, you know, so, so, look, just put the shit out. Put it, hey, we'll make the game 15 bucks. I get 750, you get 750, and everybody's happy. Cause not for nothing, I would definitely be open to the to playing GoldenEye on the Xbox 360, especially if you do live compatibility, you know, and have all your friends playing in there with you. Definitely, we would be badass. Or you know, if you want to do an HD remix of it, that would be cool. But you know, it's always a fucking pissing contest. But we'll see what happens. Uh, there's also a lot of guys saying that the Wii console may get a new uh, version in order to compete. Uh, allegedly, you know, there's rumors going around that the Wii is going to do something in 2011. 
off the bat, I think that if they, you know, them dropping the system down to 50 bucks, dropping it down 50 bucks, which happens this weekend, is a step in the right direction. Um, I'm going to definitely sit here and, you know, possibly you know, shit on Nintendo again, but I'm not going to. I'm not, I'm not going to do it, folks. I'm not going to shit on Nintendo, I promise. All I got to say is that, you know, instead of wanting to release more hardware, put out more software, and it'll get people to buy the system. That's all I'm going to say. Um, in terms of competing with the Wii, uh, the PS3 will be releasing their motion-sensing technology in 2010. It seems that they, they want to get the, uh, the upper hand against Project Natal, and they got games that are going to be compatible with the motion controller of, of such titles as Ape Escape, uh, Echo Chrome 2, which is a working title, uh, a, game, a game called Eccentric Slider, which just sounds fucking stupid, Sing and Draw, which is self-explanatory, Champions of Time, Motion Party, as opposed to Lotion Party, uh, The Shoot, a game called Tower. Then they're going to be adding motion controller functionality to Pain, uh, High Velocity Bowling, iPet, Hustle Kings, and Flower. I would definitely like to see the motion control implemented in a game like Pain, just because Pain is one of those games where you take a guy, you launch him out of a fucking catapult into windows, cars, and other random shit. And I think that would be cool that you can use the motion controller to simulate the catapult and, you know, do the throwing motion and see where the guy, la where the guy lands. Of course, high-velocity bowling is self-explanatory because they're, they're so trying to fucking compete with Wii Sports Bowling by doing that shit. But, you know, I admire them for taking a step in the right direction. I think that it's kind of hokey that they're going to go this route, but who knows? I, I, they may surprise me, but it's one of those things where me personally, I'm, I'm just not sold on a technology until I see it active. Um, Sega also leaked out some information since, you know, Tokyo Game Show comes around and everybody just opens their legs and shits out babies of information. Uh, Sega released a little bit of information talking about their deal with a deal that they're working on with Sony. Uh, first off the bat, Sony wants to, in, in the near future, have all their PlayStation 2 titles on the PlayStation Network, which isn't fucking surprising. Uh, the motion controller pricing is going to be announced uh, within the next few weeks. They're also saying that uh, the Yakuza, the first one, it might come onto the uh, PSN with subtitles and localized menus. And they also said that Sony will be doing hybrid game and movie Blu-rays for all movie licensed properties. That would definitely be cool. You know, you buy a game, you know, you buy some piece of shit game like Iron Man, you know, a game based on the Iron Man movie, you get, you know, the first Iron Man movie Blu-ray. You know, it's interesting. It would definitely be cool. Um, Sega also said that there are, they leaked out information about Dreamcast games being available for download on the PlayStation Network. I definitely would like to see a, lot, a couple of Dreamcast titles. Uh, Power Stone would be cool with online capability. Uh, hell, even some of, you know, Project Justice, Star Gladiator, you know, uh, some of the Capcom fighting games that came out on Dreamcast. Those would definitely be welcome additions to the virtual console library. But, you know, it's one of those things we're going to take a wait-and-see approach, and we'll see what happens. Um, Xbox also, well, Microsoft took the opportunity when so much information is leaking out to announce 
a couple of games that are coming out on Xbox Live, uh, Zombie Apocalypse, uh, which is going to be kind of like Smash TV, uh, you know, to, to capitalize on the Left 4 Dead popularity. Uh, they're also going to do a game on the Warriors, which is a side-scrolling brawler, and another game called Ion Assault. I believe all those games are out now. Um, also, they are they cut the price on some of their higher-selling titles and Brain Challenge, Street Fighter 2 Hyper Fighting, and 3D Ultra Mini Golf got cuts this week. So you'll be able to pick up any one of those three titles for 400 Microsoft points. I see that we got some calls on the board. Let's see who's next. Slick. What's up, man? What's up, man? What's going on, sir? Yeah, what's um, <clears throat> Calling in uh, first when you were talking about Rare possibly re-releasing GoldenEye, and you kind of said, I was like, yeah, they're, they're definitely going to have to do a graphical update because if I see freaking the original GoldenEye on the 360, my eyes will bleed. Yeah, I'm definitely sure that they're probably going to do some texture smoothing and some better mapping. But you know what they might do? They may just test the waters out by seeing how much interest they can gauge just by saying that, they, that there's a slim chance it will come out. You know, it's always some, it's always a, there's always a subtle marketing ploy. I'm more than sure somebody's willing to take, you know, they're willing probably to split the money 50-50 or 60-40 and just put the game out because, you know what, at the end of the day, people are such hardcore fans of that game that the money they'll make is going to supersede any, any um, reservations about them, you know, splitting the profits. Think about it. Think about the fact they put the game out. It's 15 bucks. Like I said, 750 a piece. 150,000 people downloaded the first day. Are you really going to complain that you're making only $7.50 on it? No. They're not even going to release it because it will take people away from Halo. That could happen. Really, let's, let's be honest. And I wasn't even the person who went crazy over GoldenEye, but I played fucking GoldenEye with, with a bunch of you fucking lunatics. People will put down Halo and Halo 2 and Halo 3 and Halo 3 ODST and fucking pick up GoldenEye because everybody and their mother fucking played GoldenEye. Yeah, but you know what it is? I think that we've become, and I, it's weird to say, but, I, you know, it's a term I've been using. Um, we've become very first-person shooter-centric. If you think back, think back to Nintendo 64. How many real first-person shooter games were there? You had Doom, Perfect Dark, GoldenEye, and maybe one or two other titles that I may have missed, uh, you know, like, you know, Time, time Some Shit, some time-traveling game that was a first-person. You know, the, the, the quality of first-person shooters back then was, you know, marginal. You had one or two games that stood out, you know, GoldenEye, Perfect Dark. They, those stood out. Uh, but the majority of the games were fighting games, platformers, you know, things of that nature. Nowadays, I think that we as, a, as, as, a, as just a gamer demographic are more first-person shooter-oriented because not for nothing, you look, on, you look at a 360 shelf in a store, I'd say at least 65% of the games are first-person shooters. Yeah, versus a few years ago. You know, the variety is so vast right now that them releasing... GoldenEye would be like this. All right, GoldenEye. And people will play it for a couple of months, and then the nostalgia will die down, and then they'll jump onto the next game, and then they'll come back to it. You know, it's not, 
while it is true that graphically the game is inferior, like you said, it was the thrill of the gameplay with with multiple people that made the game enjoyable. And sometimes, you know, people that play Halo, Hardcore, or Call of Duty, you want to kind of deviate from all the fucking, you know, the bullshit that goes on playing these games. So sometimes you want to take a step back and play something simplistic. It's like, you know, you can play every game possible, but you'll always have a soft spot for, like, Pac-Man. You know, you could be playing fucking Halo 8, but somebody will put a Pac-Man game in front of you, and you'll probably play it just because you need that, that break. And I think that GoldenEye would be a great break for the, the first-person shooter uh, clog in, in the asshole of gamers. You know, because that's what it is. It's just a big clog of fucking first-person shooters just getting cranked out. It's like ODST just came out. Modern Warfare is coming out. Plus whatever other fucking shooting games, you know, are, that'll be tossed out between these next few weeks. You know, you need sometimes to go back and take a step back and appreciate gaming as just, you know, you playing it with a group of people or just you enjoying the simplicity of the game. Like Mario. It's like Mario can never get old because... You know, even though they remake him and they redo him, the, the simplicity of Mario is still there. First-person shooters, though, they're getting way out of fucking hand. Yeah, I mean, something... Part of the problem is that too many of them look the same. Too many of them are focused on the same fight, World War Two, Or it's yeah. like all the weapons are just basically the same. There's, there's really no innovation left in first-person shooters, somebody really needs to sit down and say, you know what, we're going to do, we're going to try to really do something different and really try to do something different. Like, as much as I personally felt that it was just a gimmick, Dead Space was, like, one of the first, fresh things that I had seen in first-person shooting in a while. Because, like, you had to delim a monster to kill it. And yep. the, the which, new which was Wii innovative. one, the, the good thing about the new Wii one, if it works, is that they, they went back to the whole um, eternal darkness type thing where sanity plays a part in the game. Hmm. It's like you're looking at a door, you turn around, you look back, and that door is a fucking cave. It's like you don't know what you're looking at at any given time in the game. It is true. I mean, you know, there there is a, uh, like you're saying, you know, it's one of those things where the, the first-person shooter genre has become exhausted. It's like, I mean, I love all the first-person shooter games, but how many times are we going to play fucking World War II? All right, we killed the Nazis. We get it. How many times are you going to play, you know, Storming Normandy? You know, not, not, not to be crazy, but... The game that everybody was talking about, which was Six Days in Fallujah, I don't know if you heard about it, was a game that was based on real-world events where our troops stormed Fallujah. Yeah. And, of course, you know, a lot, of, a lot of the softies were like, oh, man, you know, you can't fucking do that. That's too current. Shit is still happening. You know what? But what about the old-timers that see young kids, like, killing their great-great-grandparents in fucking Nazi Germany? Or what about the, you know, the kid whose great-great-grandfather is getting shot up by the Germans in, in Call of Duty? It's like, you know, we, don't be so fucking soft about shit. Don't get me wrong. I'm not telling you to go out there and make a game about 9-11. But the fact of the matter is that you've got to kind of step out of the zone a little bit and move shit forward. 
how many times are we really going to do World War II? That's one of the things that I have to give credit to, to Call of Duty Modern Warfare, the first one, that they brought it to the real world. Yeah, they kind of used a lot of fictional shit, but yo, man, you know, you're going into the fucking, you know, you got people with bags on their heads getting shot in the street, you know, and shit like that. You know, it brings a real world feel. You know, while gaming is supposed to immerse you in fantasy, you know, if you're playing World War II games, that's fucking reality. You know, that shit happened. So you might as well just fucking start bringing the shit forward. Even that, I mean, how long is that going to be different? Because you have Modern Warfare, you have Modern Warfare 2 coming out in, what is it, next month? Well, the like, difference is, the difference is not to not to cut you off. The difference is that you know it's a franchise, it's a new franchise. You know what I'm saying? So people don't look at it as oh, it's another Call of Duty. Now it's Modern Warfare. That's why EA, you know, they knew how to market it to take the Call of Duty name out or make it small enough that you'd only think of Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare. Because to a lot, to the naked eye, they're gonna be like, yo, man, I've heard a ton of shit about Modern Warfare. They're not, they, you know, they're not thinking it's Call of Duty. They just think of it as modern warfare. So what they do is they take the same scheme, they put a fresh coat of paint on it, and you're playing the same shit. You know? Basically. I mean, I see, I seen Strider. He was mentioning, you know, six days in Fallujah. Um, you know, was in jeopardy because of family members of those fallen in the war. That, and, and it's true. I understand that. But you know what? How many people's family members didn't die in World War Two? Exactly. You know, if, if, if we if we want to play that route. You know, that can happen. You know, it's like, yo, people's family, people, soldiers died in World War II, just like soldiers died in Vietnam, just like sh- soldiers died in Iraq, Afghanistan, Desert Storm, you know, uh, Iraqi freedom. People, you know, they die all the time. It's like, yeah, it's, it's fucked up that people are going to make money out of it, but you know what? If it's not this guy, it's going to be a guy five years from now. But it's, it's going to happen. So you know what? Get it out of the way. Who knows? It may not sell. And then you'll be like, oh, well, nobody bought it. But... You know, don't be, don't be such, don't, let's not be so castrated about this shit, you know, like, nutless. Oh, shit, um, just on a quick side note, that game I was just talking about, Dead Space Extraction, looks like it actually is out, and it's getting decent reviews. Not as good oh, as the original Dead Space, but it's getting, like, eight. Nice. That's pretty good, man. I'll it's definitely have to put it on my, uh... Game Plus? I'll put on my Gamefly and see what's up. All right. That's well, it, man? Uh, so now, yeah. All right. I mean, you let can me just me uh, to the background if you want to bring it on. Yeah, let me, uh, let me actually just go down the switchboard. If anything, um, if you're still around, call back for the uh, round table discussion because I think I got a good topic for it. All right, cool. I'll call back to All right, homie. Later. All right, later. Later. All right, we got a couple of callers on the board. Let's see who's here. Yo, yo. yo Ant, you still there? Yep. What do you got for me, sir? Yeah, what's up? Well, you're on. Yep. What do you got, dude? Oh, well, um, not really much anything. I was going to say something, like, as soon as Flick was talking about Dead Space, but uh, and about how there needs to be um, more innovation in first-person shooters. And I'm sitting here the entire time you're talking. I'm, I'm picking through my brain trying to figure out what they could possibly do to make it more original. And I was thinking, bring it to a real a real world situation, like like a 
well, what if something happened in our neighborhood? And we had to, as normal people, as civilians, figure out how to get around it. And you could make that shit in first person, and you can make that shit real. Like, like uh, do something kind of like Dead Rising where you can pick up pretty much anything in the environment and use it. But then I thought about it, and I was like, that would be a hard-ass thing to, to code and put together on, on one disc. Especially, like, I maybe got for PS3. But, like, well, I'm thinking well, that's the only funny. way we can go. Well, you know, that, that's, a, that's actually a cool concept. And, you know, Spike TV actually did something like that. They have a show about, you know, how you'd handle certain disasters and shit. Yeah, and, you know, they did, home, they did home invasions, you know, they're doing shit like that. And, you know, uh, th- that would actually be a, an interesting spin on things. I think that that, would, that may bring things full circle, but in some cases it may freak people out too much. But you know what? Why not just take a break from first-person shooters as a whole? I think the gaming company should just take a break, you know, just six months or a year, no first-person shooters, and go on to it and help grow another genre. You know, help grow the platforming genre or the third-person adventure genre or, you know, the fighting game genre, just, just to not be typecast and making the same type of games, you know, the, you know take a six-month break from that, because I think that, that's one of the things that I feel has been watering down a lot of the new releases. You know, it's like right now, you got, you know, you get all these games coming out, then you got Call of Duty coming out. Then, you know, like Halo ODST is the shit right now. But a month from now, Call of Duty drops, and it's game over for Halo for now. You know, I think that they should really just just try and space them apart so that that way, you know, they they get that revenue stream. Because at the end of the day, I think the guys that are playing Halo are going to be the same guys that are going to play Call of Duty. Yeah, I was just thinking about it. I I was like, I'm thinking maybe if they did take a break from first-person shooting, and I was thinking, what about the Halo franchise? Like, what if they went somewhere else? Then I realized Halo Wars didn't exactly fare well with any of the Halo fans. Yeah, but that's that RTS shit, man. Look, I think Halo would have done... Go ahead, man. What if they were to make a third-person adventure out of Halo, or like where you have to be not so much a, a, a shock trooper as, as in ODST, but maybe if you can just get to be someone else, like not Master Chief because he's out of the game. But like just well, somebody, somebody had leaked out online, probably you could find it on YouTube, that they had done a side-scrolling Halo. Even let, Let's be real, even if you look up the Haloid, the Monty Arm video with, uh, Master, with Master Chief and uh, Samus, you know, that was kind of third-person adventure even though it was done in that style, but you know what? Why don't you try taking Halo maybe in that direction or going platformer or Devil May Cry style, you know? Or uh, Batman Arkham Asylum style is a perfect example. Why not take it that route just for a little bit, you know, give Master Chief a new adventure, rest of the first-person shooter for a little bit, and just keep the ship moving forward. You know, it's like uh, Dark Helmet posted in the chat room. He said that, you know, first-person shooters... Um, if they didn't do them, it'd be a huge loss to gaming companies. But you know what? It might breed more creativity. It's like, why not go that, go out, think outside of the box a little bit? That's the thing. You know, you're in that safe zone of guaranteed money with first-person shooters. But why not take it that other route and try something different? You know, who knows? You might open up a whole new audience to something far cooler. Like, think about it. You've ever played, you, have you ever played Uncharted yet on the PlayStation 3? I played, like, maybe an hour of it. And, yeah, well, go ahead. Well, just to take that detail and that example, imagine doing a Halo game in that that style. Not so much the the gameplay style, but just a style like that, you know? Would you be open to trying it out? Do you feel that it would be a step in the right direction? Well, it depends on what you mean by that style. Like, like, give me an example of something. Like, more third person, you know, behind the shoulder. 
you know, like or like Arkham Asylum, like that, you know. Yeah, you know, like what, like the perfect example. Why not even do Halo Gears of War style? You know, with the cover system, more third person. It's still shooting, but it's you know, it's something different. You know, it's a different approach, something fresh. Yeah, as long as it's not Master Chief. I mean, everyone loves the character and all, but I mean, you gotta you really gotta think back about it. He's an overpowered freak that, like, if there ever was to be another Master Chief game, it has to be either a first person or some kind of random, ridiculous action sequence game. Like. I, Halo's known for being over the top with the action and, like, a huge war going on, so you can't have a game that's not about, like, nonstop, fast-paced, heart-pounding action. Oh, absolutely. You can have an awesome asylum because that, that had so many steps where it was, like, take around, take around out quietly. You can't do it that way with, with Halo because it's such a huge war. Oh, yeah, it is a huge war, but you know what? That's what I'm saying. Like, take it, take it outside of that element for a second. Like, think about it from the sense of... Uh, Master Chief's armor technology was stolen by the Covenant. Like just, a, just an example. They take his fucking armor technology. Master Chief is thrown in fucking jail. Guess what? Master Chief's got no armor, and you got to break him out. Yeah, it's gonna be. You're you're basically playing Metal Gear, but guess what? It's with a character you're already familiar with, and you know it'll take the franchise in a different direction. You know, and then you he's got to get a different type of armor and fight. You know, make it like fucking Metroid. You know, you can you can branch it out so many different ways. I mean. You know, but thinking of shit like that isn't my forte, but I think that going in that direction just for one or two games, just to, you know, test the waters out. You know, they did it with, the, with uh, Halo Wars. You know, test the waters out. Ex- expand your properties a little bit. I'm not telling you to do fucking Master Chief at the Olympics, you know, but I'm definitely, you know, I definitely want you to, you know, take a character and just, just take him out of his comfort zone a little bit, you know? Well, here's, here's a game I think is going to be a perfect gauge for whether or not games should start doing that. You take Metroid Other M, which is going to be a Team Ninja game, which, which should be more like a Devil May Cry or, or Ninja Gaiden or whatever. Gaiden, how do you pronounce that word? But still, like, if that game does successfully well and if that game is actually made well enough and, it, and, it, and it's a good enough, like, product, then, of course, I'd be more, more ready to step on the boat and, and see other games go in a direction that they had never been taken in before. But if Other there M ends go. up being locked together failure made by a company that should never have their hands on it, then that could the entire process of games going anywhere else. That's right, but you know what? Let, take the gamble, see where the chips fall. You know, like, I, I definitely got to give Team Ninja credit, you know, because they're taking a character that's a beloved character. You know, Samus has been around since, since I was a fucking kid, you know? So you're taking a character with an established fan base, you know, because pe- people love Metroid. So it, it should be interesting, you know, just to see where they go. And like you said, the game could bomb phenomenally. But you know what? At the end of the day, they can be like, all right, that genre is not going to work for this character. We've got to leave him in the realm that it's already been proven that it works. You know, because remember, they, Metroid is a good example. Metroid went from uh, platformer to first-person shooter with Prime to third-person uh, adventure game now. So we're going to find out which formula is the most successful. Yeah, I can, I can probably say that now. Thankfully, the first-person shooter genre is, is done for Metroid, like, I mean, there were great games and all, but I guess having it be a trilogy is good because that just shows that games need to need to stop being first person. Like that's that's pretty much retro studios and Nintendo's way of saying, look, you can take a franchise and put it into a genre like first person and make it great, but you also need to make a step forward and move a different direction. Like like Mario, Mario went went to 3D, and now like they need to go somewhere else with Mario. Like 
I, I know they're, going, they're making a new Super Mario Brothers for Wii. That's another 2D platform, but we've been down, down that road before. It's, yep. Well, Mario, you can't really do much. Mario's one of those characters that at the end of the day, it's like, oh, my God, they kidnapped the princess. I'll save her. You know, unless Mario gets a gun and just starts shooting fucking turtles, no one's going to give a shit. But you know what? We'll still play it because it's Mario. It, it, see, Mario's pigeonholed in that formula because that's what he was created to do. I mean, you can go another route and put Mario in a Donkey Kong game where Donkey Kong's the protagonist, you know, I mean the antagonist, but at the end of the day, it's really, it's still Mario. He's pigeonholed forever. I mean, you know, you do Mario Sports, okay. You do Mario Kart, all right. But, you know, Mario is stuck in that, in that zone. Like I said, unless you give Mario a fucking gun and put him to work, or you do Mario like fucking GTA style, him running through the Mushroom Kingdom, just doing random missions, there's really, Mario is stuck in terms of not being able to do shit. He's in the same realm that Sonic is. You know, Sonic went 3D. People shit on it. You know, Sonic went the racing route. People shit on it. He went the pinball route. People shit on it. He went the Smash Brothers route. Yeah, okay. Kind of worked. But you know what? Guess where they're going? Back to 2D. I was just thinking now, speaking of Smash Brothers, like, if you go back and you play Brawl and you, and you play the uh, Subspace Emissary, you notice that those... those CG sequels is like pretty much the story was just magnificent for a Nintendo series, and it's like I I hope oh I know it's not going to happen, but they should go and do the same kind of thing and and take some or one or all of their characters and put them in in something that's epic and grand of grander scale than it's ever been. And Mario Galaxy was grand scale because it was across a universe or whatever, but like. Take another character. Mario is a bad, a bad choice. But take another character and put him into a situation that he's that you can never imagine him being in. Like I can't imagine Mario being in this this fight in in different dimensions, going up with uh, with Kirby and other characters against this taboo character. Like it was just something totally original and different that I never expected to see come from Nintendo, and it did Dude, really well. You know what I would do? I would do Mario Wars. It'd just be you fighting off legions of Goombas and, and, and Koopas and shit. Just Mario on a field, just fighting everybody with an axe or a sword. Or fucking, he's a plumber with a wrench, just smashing Koopas in the head and fighting your way to the end. Kind of like Dynasty Warriors, just with Mario and a whole bunch of turtles. <laughs> Dude, I think that'd be badass. You give Mario a fucking, uh, you give him a wrench, him and Luigi with wrenches, and you're just running through and just fucking smashing little turtles and shit. And then you got to storm the castle and fight whatever Koopa, if you want to throw the Koopa kids back in there. Dude, but imagine that. Just, just Mario, just violent, just cracking turtles in the head with, 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 a, with a pipe. That shit would be hilarious. <laughs> not, that that, not that it would ever happen, dude, but I would love to see that. Just Mario, like, you know, he'll just come out screaming like, For the princess, ah, I kill you, turtle. And he's just hitting him with the fucking pipe and shit. Dude, that'd be ridiculous. I'd love that. <laughs> but, uh... I'm fucking going off on a rant here. But uh, let me take the next call and um, definitely call in because I would definitely like for you to be in the roundtable discussion. I'm just going to stick around, so whatever. All right, dude. You got it. All right. In honor of Ant, he gets his sound clip now. Say hello to my little friend. Let's take the next call. You're on the air. Who's this? Yo, this is Strider. Oh, shit. What's going on, sir? What do you got? Yes. More Black Rage! Yes, exactly. 
Anyway, uh, yeah, I was definitely catch. I was catching up on to the uh, the what you're talking about first person shooters. I know I don't. I don't want to digress and go back in time what you already covered. No, but, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. But some of the stuff. But some of the stuff that really caught me. Uh, you really touched on some good points, especially about how first person shooters definitely need to change, need to innovate how things are done, and that's why I play Rainbow Six so much. I mean, the fact that you know it's 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 semi realistic but still fun and easy to access. Uh, I think more more first-person shooters need to take that need to take that role instead of being so arcadey. I mean, considering how things like you know you got Halo, Call of Duty. Sure, those games are great, but you know you know you were talking about Six Days of Fallujah, and uh, you know I got another game coming out, uh, Operation Flashpoint. You know these hardcore military games. You know they're good and they're coming out, and people don't really give them as as much credit because um, you know they don't, they, you know they don't like the fact that you know you get shot twice and you die. Bullshit, dude! I got shot in the I got shot in the chest with a 50 caliber sniper rifle and I died on the first hit. That's bullshit. I mean, come the fuck on, dude. It's like some right. guys, It's like some of these guys are just. Um, it's like the video game industry is catering to these no talent fucktards. Who you know they weren't even around during our days when we were playing Super Nintendo, when we were playing regular Nintendo, when we tried to beat freaking Ninja Gaiden on the last fucking level, and that guy was fucking impossible to get past. I mean, it's like I don't know. I really don't know how to describe it. It's you know, it, well, games would be better you, if. It, go ahead. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I, I pretty much finished my point. You go ahead. No, what I was gonna say was that you know. You bring up a uh, once again, you know, you guys are on fire with the with the calls today, and you're making me think. If you've ever played the play, uh, the first PlayStation, they had a game a few years ago. It was called Bushido Blade. Um, Bushido Blade was, you know, a little little uh, fighting game. But the cool thing was that you played a samurai, you'd fight other samurais in a forest and shit. But when you'd attack a samurai, say I slashed your leg, your character would be limping for the duration of the fight. And if for some reason I landed a strike at your head or your jugular, guess what? The fight's over. That's it. it uh, you know, I, I'd, I'd play the game and I'd have a, a duel that would go on for five seconds or a duel that would go on for half an hour if you start getting into the later stages. Because, you know, like anything else, you know, the Warriors got better. And, you know, you'd start getting hurt and having a fight injured. But you know what? That air of realism kept me playing because I'm like, oh, shit, he cut my leg. I'm bleeding. Shit, I gotta, I gotta hobble behind this tree to defend myself. You know that air of realism sometimes needs needs to be added just to, you know, bring you back into into reality. One of the things that you know so many studies show is that gaming sharpens our reflexes. It makes us better thinkers. But you know what? When you don't have, when you, when the only thing you have to worry about is finding cover instead of worrying about, holy shit, I got shot in the head. I should be dead. You know, it, it, it. You don't strategize. Your brain doesn't think as much. And I think. You know, you bring up a valid point. There has to be an air of realism for certain games. And if you want to go the arcade route, just know that, you know, you're doing some gamers a disservice because sometimes we need to think. Don't get me wrong. I love playing certain games that are mindless. But I like the fact that you're, you should get the opportunity to get, you know, oh, shit, my guy got shot in the arm. You know, like say you're playing a game like Rainbow Six is a good example. You do get shot in the arm. All right, you're part of a team. Somebody needs to get a medic. 
all right, the medic on your team will wrap up your bandage. Guess what? When you're skulking around trying to take out terrorists, you're bleeding. Make sure your blood doesn't drip on the floor so they, so they don't see you. You know, and when your player gets to the point where he can't continue, guess what? New team member comes in. That guy gets, you know, medevaced out of there. You know, like that realism would make people think, you know, it would push you like, oh, shit, man, I can't get shot anymore because, you know, my dude's all fucked up. He's not going to be able to shoot a guy if he has a bullet in his shoulder. Exactly. You guys, yeah, you guys I, are I, killing it, man. You, you bring up yeah, a I really, very valid point. Yeah, I really do think I really do think that first-person shooters need to do take another approach. I mean, games like Rainbow Six Wars, you have to take cover. I mean, you got the cover system. If I saw if Halo ODST ever took the approach that Rainbow Six did, where you had to take cover, or even better yet, if you had to use stealth to get into positions, if you got to like you know they they they're they got a whole bunch of brutes holding uh, submarines hostage in some area, and you gotta you know you gotta get into position to blitz them. So you got one guy going upstairs. They silently take out one of the uh, one of the crow-looking bastards silently, so they get into position to snipe. Uh, you know, that type of strategizing, that type of cooperative teamwork, I mean, that would definitely make the single-player campaign good and definitely the online multiplayer campaign good. I mean, it's this type of ideas that is just being left out all because of mindless gameplay, like you just said, and I agree with you about 100%. Yeah, man, I think I think you know if they if they if they expanded on the realism, like I said, uh, you know, games like Halo and Gears of War and stuff, they all have their place. But you know, if you add that element of strategy, especially especially to games that are real military based, you know, games like Rainbow Six, Modern Warfare, you know, games set in real time, that would be fantastic strategy, especially when they're team based. You know, even games like America's Army that got put out by the military, SOCOM. You know, imagine that. Imagine how much harder the games would be, but how much more enjoyable they'd be if you got a squad of six. You're at point. Oh shit! Sniper guy shot the lead in the leg. All right, we got to drag him into into a point for cover. All right, let me call in the medic. Medic, you stay with my guy. All right, new guy takes point. Where are the snipers? Oh, they're here. All right. Oh fuck! I got shot in the arm. Bring in another guy. You know, like it would add that air of realism, and then the game your your the game would end when all your guys are injured because guess what your ass is getting captured you know that yeah. like that would definitely that would definitely bring it a, a, a new way you know it would definitely twist it a little bit and it would make people think more because a lot of times people play call of duty and you know all right I'll hide and I'll recharge my my armor or whatnot and you know that's fine but you know if it's based in a real world combat situation why not why not go that route why not add that extra air of realism? I mean, don't get me wrong. You'll probably have a lot of purists complaining for the first few for the first few months, but then you know, real players will start coming up out of the woodwork because there won't be a guy throwing a grenade in the middle of the room, blowing himself up, and everybody else. You know, it'll be real strategy. Like, okay, let me put this claymore right here. Oh shit! One of my own teammates got his leg blown off. Fuck! I'm down one guy to finish the round. You know, like shit like that would be awesome. Definitely. All right, sir. Well, I well I appreciate that. I appreciate you also making me think. Um, definitely want to have you call back in for the roundtable discussion. We can, uh, you know, go over the roundtable. Let me just blast through this stuff because there's like an hour of show left. Okay, yeah, I'll call back then. You got it, brother. Thanks for your call. Later. Later. Oh, man, you guys, uh, the callers tonight are, are just in – are in a, on the fucking ball tonight, man. It makes me feel good to have great callers to 
they move the show along when, when you know, we, we're all at the one-hour mark. Anyway, let's go through all this shit. Uh, Tokyo Game Show, uh, Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2. Uh, Left 4 Dead is getting a new campaign that will be available next week. It's going to be titled Crash Course. The campaign will be the transition from the No Mercy and Death Toll campaigns. The content is going to be free on the PC, of course. Xbox 360 owners are going to have to pay 560 Microsoft points for it. So if you want to add a little bit more shelf life to Left 4 Dead, it's going to cost you 560 points. Um, EA also took the opportunity to announce that the playable demo for Left 4 Dead 2 is going to be available on October 27th. There's not much, you know, there's not many more details about the demo other than the fact that it'll be out on the 27th. But we'll see what it is. I haven't played the original Left 4 Dead. I know, I know. Please don't stone me. But um, it's on my queue from Gamefly. I want to definitely get acclimated with the Left 4 Dead universe because, you know, I feel left out when a lot of you guys talk about it and uh, I haven't played it. So I'm definitely going to be checking it out. Um, want to give props to the Pokemon franchise for continuing to not die. It seems that their Pokemon Heart Gold and Soul Silver that came out in Japan reinforced the fact that Pokemon is a cash cow, which should be the name of whatever Pokemon they put out next, cash cow, because that's what this fucking game does. It just churns out money. Uh, the game sold 1,442,990 copies combined within 48 hours of release. Uh, Soul Silver grabbed the number one spot on the Media Create chart by moving 722,904 units. Uh, the Heart Gold took second place on the chart, moving 720,086 units. One of the things that's fucking ridiculous is just the fact that, you know, Pokemon's been out for years, and just that popularity just never ceases to amaze me, considering the fact that, you know, not to say that it's a simplistic game, but it's definitely a game that, you know, it has a strategy, but it's, you know, it's very, very player-friendly and very pick-up-and-play. So it, it impresses me that it's had this much longevity all these years later, and I'm more than sure when Heart Gold and Soul Silver come out in the U.S., which I'm more than sure they will, uh, they're going to definitely make just as much money. Uh, the last few bits of gaming news, 1UP.com took the opportunity to say that, uh, report this wonderful rumor that Microsoft is interested in purchasing EA, um, EA and uh, the Wall Street Journal made it a point to kill that, but, you know, as did Reuters, but the fact is that those rumors pushed up the stock for both companies. EA stock went up uh, five and a, almost five and a quarter percent to 1936, and Microsoft stock went up nine percent. The fact of the matter is that, the, and this was very crazy when I read it, if Microsoft bought EA, they would be responsible for 35 percent of hardware sales as well as 20 percent of the game publishing market. Um, me personally, I'm not a fan of something like that happening. Just because, you know, with EA controlling so much stuff, you know, Microsoft can say, well, we own EA. Guess what? Madden's not coming out on the PlayStation 3. Or Madden's not coming out on the Wii. Just an example. I think that, you know, what may happen, and some people were saying, is that the NFL license would revert back to being open market for uh, any company to make games for. But you never know. It's one of those things that if it happened, it would definitely change the landscape of gaming as a whole. So, uh, you know, while it is a rumor, I will be watching it closely. Um, next month, no, nope, not next month, in November, 
Uh, you'll be able to get the God of War 3 demo if you buy the God of War collection. It's going to have a voucher that will allow you to get the demo off the PlayStation Network. The God of War collection is slated for release in November, and that's fucking awesome. I'm really excited about that. Uh, Splinter Cell Conviction is coming out in North America on February 23rd. It's going to be in Europe a couple of days later. Uh, Tatsunoko versus Capcom was covered recently at Tokyo Game Show, and they said that Dead Rising star Frank West is going to be a playable character. I'm going to see if I can get some screenshots and video footage of that so I can put on the show's website. Uh, if you haven't checked it out, uh, you can comment on any of the articles and stuff on there. It's mytakeradio.wordpress.com. Uh, just to throw the number out there again, if you want to call in, 347-324-3541 if you want to discuss any of this week's topics. Uh, last uh, last uh, bit of gaming news, Gran Turismo 5 is not going to be coming out for Christmas. It should be hitting store shelves in March 2010. Uh, that date is for the Japanese release. Nobody knows if it's for what happens to North America and Europe, but I'm more than sure they'll come out a month or two later. The game is going to have 900 vehicles, including hybrid and electric vehicles. Both text and voice chat are supposedly being discussed. And there's also going to be the addition of online storage for photos and replays that will be able to be exported onto YouTube, which is remarkably strange. But, uh, wow, looks like we got another caller. Let's see who it is. You're on the air. Who's this? Hey, it's Cass. Hey, what's going on? Hey, um, I just kind of wanted to go back to uh, where you were talking about Pokemon and um, how it's been uh, so successful for so many years. I think it's because uh, a lot of people that don't play it as much don't realize how much um, strategy there is. Shut up, man. Uh, there is with, um, as far as all the choices you can make, as far as teams go and moves, and um, I think that's one of the reasons it continues to grow in its popularity. Well, have you have you been playing it since the beginning yourself? Yeah, I've been playing since like um uh, red, blue. Wow. Well, I yeah. mean, you know, it's I yeah, I, I'm more than sure somebody was telling you to speak louder. But um uh I think that, you know, I've played a couple of Pokemon games here and there and it is true there is a, a wealth of strategy that needs to be implemented into that game. Me, me personally, it's cool and I enjoyed it, but it got old to me really fast. But that's probably just because I got a fucking short attention span. But um, yeah, it's, you know, it's definitely not for everybody. But uh, I also think that a lot of people that uh, have played it pass it on to their kids, and uh, it just continues to grow because of the gener there's different generations, and they they uh, manage to keep it up to date with the, uh, the culture. I think, of, especially with Japan. Yeah, I never thought of that. It's true, you know. I never, because you know, it's funny. I played Pokemon, and now my sister plays it. So you know that that is true. She fucking got it from me. Fuck, I contributed to that shit. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's kind of contagious. Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh shit. Well, are you gonna? Are you actually gonna get gold, uh, gold or silver when they come out in the U.S.? Is that something you'd consider yeah, getting? Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm going to get Soul Silver, I think, because uh, I had Silver back, God, I don't remember when, the 90s or something, but uh, I had Silver, really loved that game, so I'd probably, I'll probably pick that up eventually when it comes out. 
out of every uh, Pokemon game you've played, you know, do you have a particular favorite? And don't tell me Pokemon Probably Snap, because I will hang up on you. <laughs> <laughs> no, not Pokemon Snap, but uh, Silver. Oh, okay. Oh, that's fucking badass. Cool. Yeah, I'm very glad that you decided to call in. Yeah, me and too. And you sound a lot better, by the way. Uh, you don't sound too sick. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I, I was coughing a lot earlier in the day, and trust me, it was not pretty. I sounded like a man. That's all right. You you sound pretty good. It seems that the uh, the gu- the guys in the forum are acting like they've never heard of a <laughs> girl on the phone before. But uh, I appreciate Apparently. the call. So definitely uh, definitely stick around. All right, we'll do. All right, thanks a lot, Cass. All right, no problem. Bye. Bye. All right, we got a. More ladies calling into the show. That's very good. You know, expanding the demographic. I appreciate Cass's call. Let's get into the movie news. Uh, train wrecks. No, no train wrecks. First, uh, this week's uh, box office totals. Of course, no surprise. Number one this week, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Came in at, uh, it earned $30.1 million. Had the highest per film average of any film in the top ten. It was making $9,651 per theater. The film was also the biggest, uh, the third biggest September opening ever. Sweet Home Alabama, yuck, remains the biggest September opening uh, film ever with $35.6 million in 2002. Uh, that's pretty cool. I definitely want to give props to this movie, not just because it was, you know, a nice original concept, but just because it thought outside of the box, man. Who would have thought that a movie about raining food would have, you know, made this much money. I am applauding Hollywood on this particular movie just because I'm more than sure if a few years ago you would have explained this concept to an executive, they would have been like, you know, what the fuck is this shit? This shit is garbage. You know, but I appreciate the originality of Hollywood for once and taking a gamble, and it's really cool that it was number one. Uh, the Informant debuted at number two this week. It's uh, $10.5 million dollars. I'm not really sure if I should really like or hate this movie because Matt Damon looks like a total douchebag and just a, a creep in this movie. He actually looks like the type of guy that hangs outside of a school and offers kids candy. That's what he looks like. It's like, it's like, hey, little boy, your mom is sick. Get in the van. Like, he just looks like such a degenerate. I actually want to see how bad, he, how bad his acting is. It should be interesting. Uh, Tyler Perry's I Can Do Bad All By Myself dropped two spots to number three this week. It earned $10 million as a two-week total of 37.9. Uh, Love Happens was number four. The clusterfuck known as Jennifer's Body, which they thought would be catapulted to number one, you know, because of Megan Fox's undying sex appeal. Uh, that came in at number five with $6.8 million. Nine fell four spots to number six. Inglorious Bastards still hanging on. It's made $109.9 million. Film had a budget of $70 million. So they're definitely making some cake. All About Steve should fucking fall off this chart completely, but it doesn't. It refuses to die like a cockroach. Uh, four spots it dropped to number eight. It earned 3.4. It has a three-week total of 26.6. Piece of shit. Uh, Sorority Row fell three spots to number nine. It earned 2.4. It raised its two-week total to 8.8. Guess what? It is fail. 
Uh, Final Destination wrapped out the top ten. It dropped five spots, $2.3 million. It made $62.3 million in four weeks. The film had a budget of $40 million. So guess what? That shit was successful. Uh, of course, wouldn't be movie news without sequels. Of course, the first thing that I got leaked across my desk, like fucking my cat peeing on my desk, was uh, the concept that, get this, Sean Connery may be coming back to the Indiana Jones to the Indiana Jones franchise for the fifth movie to play his dad again. Now, if you've watched uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, Indiana Jones' dad had quote unquote passed away. But allegedly, Steven Spielberg, in his infinite wisdom, is working on a script with George Lucas, and there is an element of the story that could see Sean Connery returning. Anything is possible in these movies, and if Sean wants to return, he will become central to the new story. So. What the fuck are you guys doing? Isn't Sean Connery like retired? Just you know, getting getting laid by old chicks? Like money, penny. I'd like to get some dome, please. You know, like why would he? Oh, what the fuck, man? He died in the movie. His character's dead. You know, I, I'm more than sure somebody. Well, somebody did say in the chat room flashback. But you know what? If you want him to be central to the movie, I don't think a flashback is going to be enough. It's uh. I don't know, man. Definitely not liking the concept. I think they should have just left it at Crystal Skull, and if they wanted to do something, maybe take fucking Shia and make him the focal point and do, like, young Indiana Jones or some shit. But what are you guys doing? Bringing, bringing Sean Connery out of the fucking mothball closet and putting him on. It's, it's absurd. Um, Lauren Schuler Donner, who is uh, the, the producer for X-Men and a whole bunch of other Marvel movies, uh, definitely was... Uh, giving out a lot of nuggets of information this week, so I definitely applaud her for that. She said that she's uh, working on X-Men First Class. They're also working on X-Men 4 and the possibility of bringing in, uh, doing a movie about the New Mutants, as well as, you know, she touched a little bit on the movies for Deadpool, Magneto, and Wolverine 2, which, you know, out of all these, definitely looking forward to Deadpool. I'm not really... uh, concerned with Magneto the movie because I think it's going to be one of those shits that's not going to work it's you know it's one of those fucking things that I think Wolverine 2 Deadpool uh really not sold on the X-Men first class concept New Mutants would be interesting for sure but who knows we'll see what happens um more sequel news uh Sherlock Holmes the movie hasn't even come out yet with uh Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law and they're already talking about a sequel where they would like Brad Pitt to play the nemesis for Sherlock Holmes Moriarty. Of course, this is a rumor, but when you're already talking about a sequel to a movie that hasn't come out, it's either going to be really good or really bad. And, of course, I wouldn't even be able to complete a segment of movie news without remakes. And it seems that the director of The Fast and the Furious, Justin Lin, and producer Neil Moritz, would like to remake the 1986 cult classic Highlander. Which, once again, why? It seems that the new film, of course, will center around the Scottish swordsman who must confront a murderously brutal barbarian who lusts for a fabled prize. Uh, Thank the guys at Variety for that nugget of information. Fact of the matter is, when they did the last Highlander movie, which, you know, I have a love-hate relationship with it just because they tied it into the TV series and they brought a poor man's Lorenzo Lamas, Adrian Paul into the franchise, you know, to kind of close it out. I, I, you know, I was, it was like, all right, thank God it's over. No more Highlander movies. But fuck, man. 
once again, as as good as I praise, as much as I praised Hollywood for uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, they just fucking take two steps back and just fucking stick it right in me with this shit. Uh, Marvel Comics uh, artist and image, uh, one of the image co-founders, Rob Liefeld, actually gave out a little information for the Deadpool movie via Twitter. Uh, he said that he also spoke with Lauren Schuler Donner, who seems to be very popular. And, you know, they were discussing the character of Deadpool, and he actually said some of the things that we could be seeing. He said, uh, Deadpool movie checklist, Deadpool in costume, check. Breaking the fourth wall, check. Loads of killings, double check. Ryan Reynolds on board, check. And he also discussed the possibility of seeing Cable in uh, future X-Men movies. While I'm not really always sold on the fact of Twitter being a reliable news source, Rob Liefeld was one of the guys that uh, brought X-Force to popularity with his art style, which some people love and or hate. Um, I definitely think that Deadpool in costume is a step in the right direction because, you know, that's one of the things that adds to his character. Uh, he needs to have the hamburger head, of course. And uh, definitely, definitely breaking the fourth wall needs to be important because that's one of the signature trademarks of Deadpool's character. So we'll see where it goes. I think, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, all the right factors are in place to make sure that the movie's successful, but on the other end, it could just fucking fail miserably. So we'll see. Uh, the guys at Variety, once again, delivering fantastic news. Um, before I move into any of the other categories, uh, the last few two news articles, I want to talk about the fact that they're doing a movie called Social Network, which is about the formation of fucking Facebook. You're making a movie about Facebook. What the fuck, man? And then on top of the fact, you know, the description is they got Jesse Eisenberg. He's going to play the founder of Facebook. Mark Zuckerberg. Then they're putting Justin Timberlake in this movie. He's playing Sean Parker, the Napster co-founder who became Facebook's founding president. Uh, and then this guy Andrew Garfield is going to play Eduardo Saverin, the Facebook co-founder who had a, a fallout with Zuckerberg when Facebook became popular. Why? Let me tell you something. I like Facebook. I like MySpace. It helps promote the show. It helps me get in contact with people I know. It introduced me to a whole bunch of new people that are pretty fucking cool. But why? No one really gives a fuck about how Facebook came into being. I don't give a shit. Does anybody really give a fuck about Facebook, like, to the point where they want to know how this came to fruition? It's like fucking MySpace. I really don't give a fuck about Tom or what the fuck he has to do with making MySpace cool. You know, you go on MySpace to fucking talk to friends get fucking spam pictures of little 12-year-old girls who are fat who take their photos at an angle, and, you know, that's what you do. But no one gives a shit. I don't want to know about fucking Google. Why, why would I want to watch a movie about Facebook or Google or Microsoft? I don't give a shit. Microsoft makes my computer work. Google makes my searches work. And they also are a great source for finding pornography. Um, you know, Facebook, same thing, great for reconnecting. I don't really give a shit about how it came to be. I don't. Nobody gives a fuck. It's one of those things where, you know, let's make a movie about something that's utterly fucking pointless, like Facebook. But I'm not going to rant any further because we got 50 minutes of show left. Uh, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe seems to have gotten new life, so it seems like we will be seeing that sooner rather than later. 
Uh, Variety, to close out movie news, of course, confirmed that Columbia Pictures will be moving forward with a Ghost Rider 2 movie. Uh, David Goyer, the, uh, who was one of the writers for The Dark Knight and for Blade, is in early talks to create the story and supervise writers for the film, which, of course, will star the forehead of Nicolas Cage. Um, the sequel is going to be based off a script that Goyer wrote a few years ago. And once again, we'll see where this train wreck goes. Uh, looks like we got some callers in. Yo, you're on the air. Who's this? Uh, this is Ark. How you doing, man? Hey, lady. What's going on? Not too much. I'm uh, calling because of uh, you're touching on this uh, movie about social networking. Um, I don't even understand how that can be even brought into a movie. Like, what is so interesting about the formation of any of those Facebook, MySpace, Twitter? What is so interesting that could that could possibly captivate an hour and a half of my time? <laughs> well, you know what it is? I think that they're just, you know, it's it's one of those things that people, you know, things become so popular that, you know, they make a movie out of it. You know, I've seen a TV movie about the formation of Microsoft. I've seen a for, you know, they did a TV movie about Apple. I can see a Facebook movie being something you see on fucking Lifetime or Nickelodeon or some shit. But the fact that you really want somebody to go and pay, you know, 10 bucks to see a movie about the origin of Facebook, I just find that to be severely fucking unappealing. You know? I mean, it would be more appealing for me if it were like maybe not not even a TV movie, more of a documentary even. I don't know, maybe I'm kind of boring in that way, but at least it's the information that I need, you know, kind of spoon-fed to me how it should be, you know, not not in like some drama telling. <laughs> Paying a matinee price to go see the origins of Facebook does not really, uh, I don't know, very not appealing to me at all. Hey, I mean, you know, people go and watch anything. I mean, you know what? I'm going to fucking make a movie about Smurfs fucking. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go and say, I'm going to make a movie about Smurfs fucking, and the Snorks are going to come in and shoot them while they're doing it. And guess what? I'm going to fucking make the whole movie with toothpicks to play the Smurfs. I'll paint the toothpicks blue for the Smurfs, and I'll paint the other toothpicks red and yellow for the Snorks, and film the whole movie like that and see if it'll get made. It's like, where do people get up and say, you know what? Let's make a movie about fucking Facebook. Hey, that's a fantastic idea. Ha 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 ha. Who gives a shit? Do you really give a shit about a Facebook movie? No. Do you give a shit about a MySpace movie? No. Starring Justin Timberlake. <laughs> yeah, just. I mean, I don't want to shit on him as an actor. He's, he's, he's tolerable. But it's like... What the hell, man? What is this shit? It's ridiculous. It's disgusting and it's pointless. It's like, once again, the talent in Hollywood just never ceases to amaze me. Because there's always great things that you can make movies out of. Oh, we don't make movies out of that. No. Let's make a movie about Garfield. Let's make a prequel to the Scooby-Doo movie. Let's make fucking another Chipmunks movie. It's like, all right, that's great. But how about something original? Like District 9 was original. Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, original. You know, shit like that. You know, think outside of the box a little bit. It's the same thing I always complain about, the lack of originality. You know, what's even worse, though, is that you know that he that either he had to have read the script and said yes, or, you know, his representative or publicist or whatever said, hey, this would be a great idea for you, Justin. Uh, <laughs> he went, oh, uh, uh, it's like, <laughs> yeah, let, let me tell you. 
I want to just I want him to be assaulted by a gaggle of midgets, and they need to beat him senseless with dildos and leave him unconscious on a street. Maybe then it'll sink in that shit like this you should not be putting your name. Uh, you shouldn't be attaching your name to shit like this. I'm, I guarantee you, the guy that played uh, Speed Racer wants to probably blow his fucking brains out every time he sees that shit on television. It, it's it's absurd. Very, very but uh, while I have you here, I want to actually uh, try uh, test out the roundtable discussion, and we got 46 minutes of show left uh, before I actually throw out the roundtable topic. Uh, this week's contest, um, w- I had asked what changes you'd like to see to the show. Uh, Ant responded, and he said that uh, Blog Talk Radio needs to fix their problems. I want to be able to listen to the station without having it be live on the air. It tells me I can press 1 at any time to call the host, but it calls the host anyway whether I press 1 or not. Shit sucks. And then he also said that there's really nothing else about the show I'd change. Having people call in that aren't the same cast of uh, um, MySpace uh, video game forum regs would be nice, but again, that's out of your control. Um, I understand where Ann is coming from, but you know what? If nobody picks up the phone to call and be a part of the show, it's not going to progress forward. Uh, Definitely, I understand where he's coming from, but it's something, like he said, is out of my control. Uh, Unfortunately, since Ant won the prize last week, he is out of the contest for this week. Nonetheless, I appreciated his email. Uh, Slick also responded. He said that he'd like more guests to call in. I think people are getting used to the regulars, and that is cool. And he puts, but fuckers need to pick up the phone. Unless you're a Pacific timer later, it's past 9 p.m., and you have three cell minutes. He makes up a valid point. Uh, given the fact that there weren't as many people emailing this week, uh, there will be no contest. There will be no prize this week just on that basis because if I just give it to Slick, it, uh, I think people will be like, oh, you were going to give it to Slick anyway. So you know what? Just to, in the interest of fairness, I will provide a new question that people can email and be in the contest for next week. And, of course, his uh, PlayStation card was sent out. So... As such, Ant was the first prize winner, and hopefully next week, when I put out the question, other people can email. Uh, This uh, roundtable discussion, I'd actually like to get everyone's thoughts on, you know, the present state of movies in terms of, do you feel that movies have become uh, rehashes and remakes, or do you still think that Hollywood has a chance of, you know, bringing movies to the forefront? Definitely would like to hear your thoughts, 347-324-3541. Ark, you're still on the air, right? Yeah, I'm still here. All right, hold on a second. Ant, you're on the air. Are you even there? (laughs) Now he's not on the air. (laughs) Of course he's not. You know... Uh, Maybe that'll get his attention. All right, I, I see. I see. Cass is on the queue too. Cass, you there? Am nope. I? Yeah, you are. Look at you. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I, well oh, let's see. I we got to. Yeah, I don't know. It said you were there. Uh, definitely would like to get a couple more people in there. Let's see. What we got. Oh, we got another caller. Hey, what's You're up, on man? Here. Who's hey, O'Malley. Hey, O'Malley. What's going on? Uh, not much, man. How's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, wow, here we go. You're on the air. Who's this? Uh, this is Strider. Just coming to join the roundtable. All right. 
uh, as I said, the uh, roundtable discussion. Uh, the topic is: um, Do you feel that movies, you know, have kind of they've kind of fallen off? Do you guys think that uh, Hollywood has run out of ideas and they're just going to continue to rehash, or do you think that there's hope in terms of Hollywood moving forward and uh, digging digging itself out of a fucking spiral of shit? What do you guys think? Uh, let's well, start with Cass. Cass, what do you got? Well, um, I think that it's kind of a mixture of good and bad. Like, if anybody else has seen 500 Days of Summer, District 9, there's been some really good stuff out there. But there's also been some of the rehash, you know, I don't know if you've seen the uh, the newest Punisher sequel. It was really bad. Things like that. I think that I've seen more bad movies lately than I have good movies, but I haven't seen everything. Uh, I think there's still a chance that, you know, good movies are up and coming, but I'd like to see more uh, more clever comedies. Nice. Uh, Ark, what do you got? What do you think? I'm trying well, to get the I ladies first. The, yeah, sir, thanks. Um, in terms of uh, in movies, I guess, in Hollywood in general, um, they have the, they have they have the opportunity. I mean, there are dozens and dozens of people who have dreams of being of having their scripts being uh, uh, put on the silver screen. Um, they just need to find out, you know, what would be more marketable um, in, in in this particular day and age. Because right now, it is a lot of rehashage, and it's a lot of other uh, scripts and whatnot that Hollywood thinks that will make a lot of money for them. And well, they must be doing something right because people are going to go see these movies, and they have been. They they have those. They have the ones that are right up there on, on you know number one at their list. You you've already uh, went down your list of the top ten uh, for this week, I believe it was. I mean, people are going to see movies, but this is what this is the best they can do. It's it's a garbage in, garbage out kind of thing. Um, Hollywood's gonna they're, they're gonna produce whatever they want. Um, in regards to uh, quality of uh, story and whatnot, again, they have the opportunity to do so, but if it's not going to sell, they're not going to do anything about it. Um, the closest thing we're going to have to that right now is the comic book stories. Like, this is becoming a, a new trend. Um, yep. Spider-Man did really well. Hulk did very well. You, you were talking about Lobo. You were talking about a whole other slew of uh, comic books that are coming to life now. There's a lot of stories out there, and they're going to keep pumping them out. You're going to see an Aquaman movie, I bet you, towards the very end. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Aquaman. I, I hope he drowns in his own <laughs> semen. All right. Uh, Ant, what do you got? What do you think? All right, I think they need to stop with all the sequels. And I, need to, I also think they need to stop with all the, the IPs that never had stories to begin with. Like, let's go with Battleship and Monopoly and... Like those, those two alone right there, they don't even have stories. Like you can look at the front, the back, and even the instruction manuals, and you'll get more stories than, than I, I think the, the movie's going to have. Monopoly, like, I can't see there being anything. If there's no Mr. Pennybags in the movie, then it's not worth even even making. But still, the fact remains is, besides those two pieces of shit that I know are going to suck at, uh, stop making promises with, with movies that will never happen, like The Expendables. Yes, I still think The Expendables will never happen because it's impossible. Anyway, with the sequel thing, there's sequels to everything that doesn't need sequels, sequels to things that do need sequels, and those sequels that do need to be made are made wrong. So they need to step back, take a little bit of extra time on whatever sequel they do have, and stop cranking out so many and just work on the ones you have. Makes That's sense. what I'd say. 
What about you, Strider? What do you got? All right. One thing I have to say is I have to, you know, I have to say, let's talk, let's talk about geeks for a second. We're geeks because we like this stuff. Whereas, you know, it's you got the superhero comes in, he, uh, you know, he he gets bit by a radioactive spider, and he goes out and tries to save the world. You know, a moment people will look at us like we're freaking stupid. But what they don't understand about us geeks is that. There's a story behind every person. They're still a human like like you and me. Just because they're thrown into these ex- extreme situations, they still have this real-life stuff going through them, and they deal with it in these extraordinary ways, and that's what captivates us, whether it's regardless if it's video games or comic books. Uh, but when it's ad- adapted, when it's converted into a movie, and all those elements that we so enjoyed out of it is taken out, to appeal to the mainstream crowd, that's when it becomes utter and complete dog doo doo. So when so in that respect, I think it is in order for Hollywood to get to become good in some of those movies, for them to have any hope besides originality, is to actually incorporate what we like in these in in the genre. I mean, I mean, think about it. What do you think? That's how Batman Begins and The Dark Knight were so freaking good because they actually took that Wayne, Bruce Wayne, and made him into a real fucking guy. And they well, you know what it is. Real story Go ahead. Well, you know what it is. That that is a valid point, but it's also about the fact that these guys write up these scripts, and you know, I I, I don't want to blame the actors because the actors they're like everybody else. You know, they they report to work, and this is what they got to work with. Sometimes they work with shit. Sometimes they don't. But, you know, you take a, a character like Iron Man. You know, it, Robert Downey Jr. made that character believable. You know, it, l- let's take it to example. You know, what if Alec Baldwin would have played Batman like they had wanted to do back in the day instead of Michael Keaton, you know, based on his portrayal of the shadow? Take, let's go back that far. Do you think Batman yeah. would have been better or worse just based on the caliber of actor that Alec Baldwin is? Just as an example, do you think it would have improved the movie or, or not? Um, honestly, that would be a very hard one because I thought Michael Keaton did a decent job at the time. I mean, I liked Batman, I liked original Batman and Batman Returns, you know, but then again, that was Chris Burton. And plus, I'm a little biased on the first Batman because Prince did the freaking soundtrack and Prince is the fucking man. It's a black thing. I understand that. But anyway, I that. honestly, I have to say that's, that's hit or miss. I can't really say if that would be good or bad because I enjoyed uh, Michael Keaton's... Uh, his portrayal of Batman, even though I'm going to get a whole bunch of freaking nerd rage in a minute. Oh my God, you know, Michael Keaton, he ain't shit, man. You freaking suck. But honestly, yeah, I well. say. If I can interject for a minute, um, I was just going to Go say, um, I think Hollywood already thinks they know what us geeks want. Ask Michael Bay. <laughs> no, no, Yeah, but, no. but you know what? Michael Bay, Michael Bay is a poor example, and before we go into that, uh, I just wanted to see who else is on, is on the line because I actually added more people to the round table. Who else okay. is in there? Uh, who else O'Malley. is on? O'Malley, what do you got, my friend? I'm say, me personally, I think that the movie industry is going to hell and back in the handbasket. Well put. Go ahead, man. No, I said it was well put. 
I mean, like everyone said, like they need to cut with the sequels or rehashes. Quit milking it like, you know, it's the last titty on earth. I mean, really. It happens. You know, I think that at the end of the day that people, and, you know, it's shitty to say, but if we keep, if we keep buying into the bullshit, these movies are going to continue being made. And now the question I, I, I have, you know, and you guys can answer in turn, is at which point do, you know, our interests become watered down with some of these movies? Do you think that, you know, they should start doing more original shit so that they don't rape the things we enjoyed growing up? You know, Transformers, G.I. Joe, uh, the Voltron movie. Or do you think that they should continue trying to fuck around with this formula until they get it right? What do you guys think, you know? Whoever's I first, I mean. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I don't have anything in particular to add to that one. Nothing, huh? I do. Ladies first. Wait, Ark, what about you? I just said I don't have anything in particular to add to that. Oh, I got it. I got it confused. What about you, Cass? What do you think? Do you think that taking our uh, taking our childhood memories and putting them on film is the right approach now, or do you think that they should just really try and come out with some original shit? Uh, I think a little bit of both is always good. I think that if you can do it right, like um, where the wild things are looks promising. I'm not holding any high expectations just in case it's not as good as it looks like <laughs> it's going to be. But, uh, I mean, it definitely looks like something I would want to go see. There's a lot of nostalgia there. But I also think it's good to have new stuff as well as with mixing it with the old to kind of keep things interesting. You'd make a good politician. <laughs> You'd make a good politician. You're not you're not outright uh, shitting on it. You're like, eh, it's okay. Well, 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 well. What about you, Ant? What do you think? Uh, I think that maybe for a decade or half a decade, they should stop bringing back old stuff, and they should just work on books or whatever is out there that isn't getting treatment. Like, there's so many books out there and, and so many other materials that, that just can't be possibly put into a movie format and have it all be satisfied. Like, for, for example, I got Lord of, like, Lord of the Rings. I love that, that series because of the fact that, it, for the most part, they made the movie to the a trilogy that was 12 hours long, but it had all the almost all the material you can get out of that, that book series. Now you get stuff that's been coming out lately the past four years or so, and you got stuff that's like maybe half or not even a quarter of the material that's been in, in the books or in the original source material. So like, let go of, of the things that, that you want to make and put it into a movie format and just do things that are original. Get some ideas, write them down, and then make a movie out of that. Don't make a movie out of stuff that's been out for like 20, 30 years and you just want to bring it to the new age and fail horribly because it, cause the material won't fit with the new age. Just let that stuff die or sit where it was. There you go. That I will agree uh, with. You, you were saying? I said that I will definitely agree with Levant because there are a lot of stories that I have read that would be phenomenal, I would think, on the silver screen. Um, I nice. read a book. Um, it was written in the 50s. It was, 50s. It was called The Disappearance. And it was about... Okay. It was about... I'm, trying, I'm going to try to frame this. Um, at a certain point of the day, the world as we know it kind of splits into two different realities, I suppose. And in each reality, only the men exist and only the women exist. And then okay. each of those sanctions, they have to learn how to live without the opposite sex. 
it doesn't sound like much, but when you think about it, there's a lot of in, there's a lot of instances that pop up like, wow, what the fuck would happen? A lot I mean, of mustard and butt sex. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> that would be that would be very awful, but yes. <laughs> but I mean, really, if you think about it, though, I mean, there's a lot of relationships that we have, you know, with the opposite sex that, like, you know, we can't get that kind of fulfillment from our from our own sex. So there's a lot that's missing, and we begin to appreciate what the other what the other sex has to offer, not just in fucking, you know. And it's a, it's a really really intriguing book, but I, I think it's out of print now. But well, you know yeah, what'll happen. Go ahead. I was just, I would love to see something like that on the on the movie. Well, odds are here's what'll happen. Hollywood will make it a movie, and they will. Cast Jennifer Aniston in one lead and Channing Tatum in the other. Oh God! That's what'll happen. They'll be like, let's see what. Let's just focus on Jennifer Aniston as the main girl, and let's focus on Channing Tatum and see how they respond. And then you know, you put like Turtle from Entourage as like his man, and you know, you put fucking like Hayden Panettiere in it. You know, you just fucking find the most, the most, the the most inept people that to carry movies and just throw them in it. And I guarantee you, it'll be a huge success just because Hollywood says so. You killed it. But, um... You really killed it for me, dude. <laughs> I tell you. Oh, look. Uh, to add to the round table, we're, uh, we are going to bring Slick back on board. This should be fun. Slick Rage! Yes, hello there. What's up, man? What's up, dude? What do you, what do you got to add? See, this is the thing. You take a look not just at Hollywood, but just marketing in general. They're never going to stop rehashing bullshit. I mean, first of all, I say it all the time, every time just about any comic movie comes out, you have the fucking material already written, and they, yep. they completely deviate from that shit, and nine times out of ten fuck it up. With yep. like, the, with like the Batman recent Batman movies being like the only even minor exception, but you, you you can look past just movies. Look at like, look at like children's toys. Look okay. at the shit you see. If you, like watch any Saturday morning uh, advertising, and look at the shit that you see there. You be like. Didn't they have that shit out when I was a kid? And the answer this is, is yeah. true. They had that shit out when you were a kid, and guess what? They had that shit out when your freaking parents were kids, too. Because they yep. just rehash shit over and over again. You take the movie I Am Legend, and when yep. you first saw it, you were like, wow, that's like a really interesting idea. Until you realize, oh, gee, I'm surprised that's it. a remake of a Mega Man, which even that movie is a remake of The Last Man on Earth. Yep. Like, they keep re-releasing the same shit over and over again. They wait a good 20, 30 years because they figure if we wait that time, we basically we wait a generation, we can make money off the same fucking bullshit again. And you know what? It works. Well, as much we can blame, the shit works. Well, here's the thing that I'm going to, that I look at with stuff like that. And this is just, and I mean, you guys can agree or disagree. I think that 
that movies, advertisements, and things of that nature have gone the route that they've gone because the new generation, and I'm going to exclude, I, I think, probably Cass because she's probably younger than I am and a couple of people that may be on, on the line. Um, the younger generation is pampered and spoiled, you know? And everything has to be safe and politically correct. You know, kids, kids don't go outside and play anymore. You know, they're on fucking IM or... You know, MySpace, Facebook. Same thing with, with the toys and shit. You know, you used to play with little metal army men. You'd throw them at your friend. You'd probably give them lead poisoning while he was playing with it. You know, you can't do that now. All the toys got to be safe. You know how much shit I probably played with that, should give me, that, that would give me fucking cancer right now? But we all played with the shit because it was a different time. And, you know, things were uh, looked at differently. Now everything that's out can kill you. It's like, don't play with that flower. You might get allergies and die. Like, you know, the, the new generation, and, and, it's, and you know, I, it makes me sound old saying it, but I, I worry that the new generation, you know, is advancing us forward at a rate where we're fucking soft as shit. It's like Al-Qaeda's not going to blow us up. They're just going to fucking sneeze on us and make us all sick because everybody, you know, nobody is you know, what they used to be. Everything is, oh, don't say that. It's offensive. Don't put that cartoon on TV. People are going to get sad. You know, don't make this movie because people aren't going to like it. You know, it's shit like that that, you know, is going to move Hollywood forward. And I think, you know, just to bring the round the roundtable discussion full circle, I think Hollywood has dug itself into such a hole, you know, doing rehashes, remakes, and unoriginal ideas that, they can't dig themselves out, and it's going to be up to us, you know, the nerds, you know, to use something that Strider said, and, you know, the passionate fans to, you know, kind of slap them on the hand and be like, yo, this movie fucking sucks. Like, you know what? Everybody's going to say, you know, a large majority of you guys and people that I've spoken to shit on Transformers. That's fine. You know, I don't shit on it because I saw it for what it was. But at the end of the day, the movie made $400 million. So if people hated it so much, why go to see it? You know, the, it, it, our wallets should do the talking. Same thing with games that are of subpar quality. You know, our wallets should do the talking instead of, you know, oh, that sucks, you know, or, or trolling. Lots of fucking, you know, you go in there, you troll, and you're like, it's fucking, you know, it's ridiculous. You go in there, and you're like, this is bullshit. But you paid for it. It's like, this game sucks. Motherfucker, you bought it. You bought the shit. So guess what? You contributed to it, to the, to the suckiness continuing. The cycle of fucking shit is going to continue unless we fucking close our wallets and stop fucking catering to all this soft, Teletubby-watching, non-active-playing, chubby generation that's out there. That's I want to disagree, I mean, disagree with one part of what you said about... Um, that's why you're here. <laughs> with, um, with today's... With the internet and everything, people being soft. One thing about some of the movies and programming and things today that is different from like when you and I were kids is that with with the internet being what it is today, I think that not so much soft, but we've been desensitized. Like. I was saying that, you know, they've beaten things into the ground and that there's that 30-year cycle. So instead of just rehashing shit that we make, now they're rehashing Japanese shit. 
And with the whole desensitized thing, I mean, back in the 80s and the 70s, they would make actual horror movies. A movie like Saw really wouldn't have flew back then. Now it's like all the fucking rage. You go back to actual, like, regular television programming, yeah, you got cartoons like Bugs Bunny and shit that had, like, little racist moments in it, and every fucking show does, but would a show like freaking Spongebob have even made it on TV back in the 70s and 80s? I don't think so. Well, just that's because just of some because of the jokes there, the people would have been like, no, that's not for children. And the truth is, well, you know, most cartoons go ahead, are. Go ahead. Well, yeah, but, so, you know, and and that's, you know, that's, that's definitely a counterpoint to my argument, and it's true. But there, there's a lot of fucking, you know, there, there's just a lot of softness. But put it like this, we get offended about shit we don't need to be offended about, and then shit that's kind of harmless, we fucking get all up in arms about. That's the problem. Like, our priorities as just, a, a, you know, a generation are fucked up. And, you know, I can sit here, and we can shit on Hollywood, and we can shit on games, but you got to think about it. It's like, nobody does any of that shit. You know, I see people in the chat room, they were talking about, you know, playing with Legos and shit. Let me tell you something. I haven't seen a kid play with a Lego since I was probably 10 years old. And I'm going to be 30. So, you know, no, things like that, you know, fucking log, the log cabin shit. You know, the little wood to make log cabins. Oh, don't play with that. You'll get a splinter. Or the paint may give you cancer. Or, you know, don't play with this. It'll give you brain damage. It's like, oh, God, man. I think that's a pampering in some respects. We police the things that don't need to be policed. And then the shit that should be, we don't give a fuck about. You know, like... It goes back to video games, you know. You get the 12-year-old kid, he'll walk in, he'll play GTA, the parents will get offended. But this will be the same kid that'll take a picture of his dick and send it to a, another kid. And, you know, that, that becomes a hot-button issue. But, you know, your kid going and buying a game that's ultra-violent, oh, you know, blame the, the manufacturers of the game. Well, who the fuck blame, who are you going to blame for a kid taking a cockpit when he's 12? Same thing, you know. Who, think about it. Who are you going to blame for that? Did that yeah. happen when we were growing up? No. <laughs> oh, because we couldn't. We weren't allowed to have cameras when we were back when we were younger. That wasn't a. That's uh, right. That wasn't available to us. That's there you go. Parenting we're, we're wasn't still... played. What was that? That's because parenting wasn't played. Oh yeah, parenting wasn't played. But now your kid is raised by Sony and raised by Microsoft and raised by Nintendo. And then you know when your kid fucks up, that's who you go and complain about. Microsoft, I told you to not let Jimmy get fat. Why'd you let him get fat, Microsoft? You know, like, that's what happens. That, that's the first thing, you know, there's a lawsuit. Hey, my kid drove away with my car. Rockstar, why did you teach my kid how to drive away with my car? You guys are fucked up. You know, that, that's, that's what happens. It's shit like that, you know. I call it the fucking, the, the pussification of America. That's what's happening. There was another fucking absurd. There was another good George Carlin analogy for that, too. It's like uh, toys used to be a great way of, um, you know, finding out uh, who should uh, who should uh, continue the uh, gene. What was it? Who, how many, who, what was it? How many uh, kids um, swallowed the most marbles, loses, or some shit like that? That is true. I mean, there was a, a monologue where they said that, you know, uh, boys that played with Barbies were going to end up being gay. You know? Right. It's like... Say something like that now, and it's like my child is trying to find himself. You know, no, your child's like, gay. Let's let's stop fucking 
Let's just call a fucking spade a spade. It's how the fact. Well, that's the thing that happens. I think that it's one of those things where, you know, our priorities are always going to be skewed. And one reason why I liked having this roundtable discussion is I had, you know, you guys are all from different walks of life, different ages, different races. But at the end of the day, the nuts and bolts, you, a lot of you share the same opinions on shit because, you know, it affects you similar. Not totally the same, but I'm more than sure that, you know, someone like Ant and someone like me definitely aren't going to agree on the same shit. But at the core of it, there's definitely an air of, yeah, what happened to the good old days when shit used to be like that? You know, I'm more than sure that he, you know, he probably reminisces about his own shit. You know, same thing with Cass, same thing with, uh, you know, same thing with O'Malley. You guys have your own interests, but there's certain things that, you know, just transcend age, color, any of that shit. And, you know, it's good that you guys can come on and fucking just put it out there, you know, so I appreciate that. Um, yeah, um, I wanted to say something about the toys. Like, uh, when I was little, I mean, I may only be 19, but when I was little, we used to go to my grandma's house in Nogales, and we played outside all the time. We would find rocks and make it something. <laughs> and, uh, there you, you know, go. We had Legos. We had, we would find, like, horny toys everywhere and lizards. And we just, I mean, we would play with whatever we had. And I kind of think that, some of that's being lost on today's generation. I think kids are becoming a little too sheltered, if that yep. uh, makes sense at all. I agree. But uh, I agree. I think kids just don't use their imaginations enough anymore because there's, I don't know how to explain it, but, you know, I just think that parents should kind of take over a little bit more and, you know, get them out there and let them use their their minds and create things rather than you know sit in front of something and I know how to explain it. Kids are fucking spoiled. You you <laughs> said that when you were little you used to go out and play with fucking rocks. That's because yeah. either A, your parents didn't have money to buy you every fucking toy you wanted, or B, they disciplined you and said we're not gonna buy you every fucking toy That's you want. Right. Nowadays so fucking right. kids cry and say, You don't love me so their fucking parents buy them whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, and you That's know when it. we broke something, if we had like an expensive that we got for Christmas or something and it broke, they're like, too bad. You know, you broke it and that's your fault and you're not getting another one. You know, yep. buy yourself one. It's called responsibility and I don't think that's enforced enough today anymore because see, to this day, I break something, I have to replace it. My, you know, my parents aren't just going to buy me another one. You see these kids and they get you know, iPod, iPhones, and they sit on them, and their parents are like, okay, here's money for another one. My, I mean, my parents would, you know, like, I would get chewed out. See, I never got chewed out because my mother actually knew that I understood and valued the fact that she had to fucking bust her ass to give me a He-Man toy and to give me a Transformer, and I actually took care of my toys. So when a toy broke, it was like years and yeah, years old. It broke. It broke <laughs> yeah. from overuse after years. <laughs> yeah. That's fucking awesome. All right, you guys, we hit the 15 minute mark. I definitely uh, want to thank all of you to contributing for uh, this week's roundtable. I appreciate it. I hope that the uh, the segment is popular enough that you guys will continue to uh, become involved because it's interesting to always hear your your takes on uh, 
various things that come across my desk. While I have you all on the air, the uh, question for next week is with, uh, I'm more than sure it'll be over, uh, Tokyo Game Show, uh, what are you looking forward to the most? What's the thing that uh, that has your interest peaked uh, from Tokyo Game Show? That's the uh, first question, and I'll give an optional question for the uh, MMA fans out there. Uh, if you could have, if you can see one dream fight, who would it be? Feel free to email that to mtrhost at gmail.com. If you answer either one or both questions and you get picked, you'll get a prize. Uh, make sure when you do respond, you include what system you own and what address, uh, I mean, and your address, and I will send you the prize if you get picked. Thanks a lot, you guys. Thank you. All right, man. No problem. Much yeah. love. Thanks. Thanks, sir. Thank you. All right. Oh, with that, uh, just a couple of things. Just want to do a little cleanup. Uh, next week, show 13, uh, the guys from the Deadliest Warrior will be here. Uh, they will be calling in at 11.15. I'm debating if the show is going to go uh, three hours or two and a half either way. Uh, in addition to the question of the week, if you want to email any particular questions that you may want to ask the guys from the Deadliest Warrior, uh, feel free to email me those at mtrhost at gmail.com. Uh, worst case scenario, I will be taking calls that day, so you will probably be able to ask them questions directly. Uh, last few things, uh, you can... Of course, follow me on Facebook through the My Take Radio podcast fan page. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter. It's uh, twitter.com slash akuma25. Uh, those of you that still fuck around with MySpace, you can go to myspace.com slash rb19ad. Feel free to uh, request as a friend and just let me know, you know you're from the show or whatever, and I will accept you. Uh, a couple of shout-outs. Definitely want to give a shout-out to VGNRadio.com, Cleveland Sports Radio, iPirate Radio, 411 Mania, of course, OC Remix for their music, uh, E10 Clothing. Got to give a shout-out to Heartless's clothing line, Eris Clothing. That's A-E-R-E-S, clothing.com. Uh, definitely uh, awesome, offbeat brand of shirts that he's putting out. So I'm trying to support him where I can. Once again, you can check that out at erisclothing.com. Uh, you can check all those uh, links out on the My Take Radio website, which is mytakeradio.wordpress.com. Uh, I'm trying to still learn WordPress. I may introduce a forum uh, within the next few weeks. We'll see how that works and if I'll be able to moderate it. Uh, next, of course, is the art contest. A lot of you have been asking me uh, you know, the details for the art contest. Uh, the art contest will go into effect probably towards the end of October, uh, most of November. I'm still debating on a prize. Maybe the question of the week will be uh, prize ideas uh, for that, depending on how serious and how many entries we get and depending on how the money situation looks. Uh, maybe a game system will be the prize because, you know, the art piece will become, you know, the centerpiece for the show, and it's going to be used on everything. So it would only be fair that the person who submits the best art gets a cool prize. Uh, but it'll, it'll be something cool. I'm not going to beat anybody over the head. So we'll see what happens. Uh, once again, 
Make sure you send your emails, people, to mtrhost at gmail.com. I really want to try and give out fucking prizes, you know, not just because I want to give them out, you know, because I'm so fucking generous. I want to actually, you know, give something back to the people that have been supporting the show from the beginning. So definitely make sure you catch the questions of the week on the broadcast. I'm not going to put them on the Facebook fan page, and I'm not going to put them on my site. So please, please, please make sure you listen to that so you can be in on the contest. Um, I'd like to take also the opportunity to thank everybody again that called in this week. Aunt Cass, who was a first-time caller, I guess uh, her MTR cherry has been broken. So uh, definitely appreciate that she called in. Uh, Aunt, as always, bringing a little bit of fire to the show. Uh, Slick, Ark, uh, definitely got to thank O'Malley. You know, he's always chiming in on the chat room, and he calls in. Uh, definitely need guys like Roshi to call in. These are regulars who pop into the chat room. Heartless, Heartless definitely needs to call in. And Mortis, uh, Mortis, of course, uh, it has a nice MMA background. You know, he's definitely into the sport a lot, considering he fights in MMA uh, when possible. So definitely I expect a call from Mortis next week. And if he's listening, he knows he next week for the Deadliest Warrior, as well as I'd like to get his thoughts on MMA. That actually is going to be it for this week. It's nine minutes left of the show, but I think I'm going to end it a little early just because I've had a long fucking day. Um, Stick around. I'm going to open up a post-show chat window for anybody that wants to stick around for the post-show chat. Just uh, stay in the Blog Talk Radio chat room for the link. That's going to wrap up today's show. Thanks again for calling in, folks. Thanks a lot for listening. And next week, show 13. Keep it real, people. Peace.